We have decided that we are going to be a University of Georgia Athletics podcast again next season. We are not leaving for greener pastures. We feel like we can stay here and be a starter. Just because the college football season recently ended, it doesn't mean that there's nothing to talk about football-related. In fact, many would argue that most of the interesting storylines can take place between the months of January and August. And man, is that true for 2019. Without a doubt, one of the biggest new phenomenons to college football has been the transfer portal. In college football, players changing teams, kind of like NFL free agency. And in addition to the transfers, this is the time of year where many coaches and coordinators, they change jobs as well. In fact, there will be a new offensive and defensive coordinator for Georgia this coming year. And the three of us will discuss these topics and many, many more on this, our first studio podcast of 2019. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 172 of the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. My co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach, join me to discuss what the dogs might look like going into spring practice among other football-related topics. But to call this a football-centric episode would be completely misleading because in addition to the gridiron happenings, we touch on UGA men's and women's basketball, Georgia baseball, they're ranked number nine in the preseason. We hit on Will's new venture into golf, and he's writing for Golf Magazine. And then there's podcast reviews, many Twitter questions from you, our listeners, that we answer, and a deep 20-minute discussion on the best Athens restaurants, which definitely will get your gastronomical reflexes soaring. Does that make sense? I'm going to go with it. There's also tailgate spot discussion and some more. It might be a two-day listen, unless you're sitting in some metropolitan traffic jam, and then you'll probably be able to hear us all in one sitting. But thanks for tuning us in. It's great to be back, and here's Will to get us started. You know the whole thing about Kyler Murray about whether or not you know, football, 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 football yeah. baseball. But a lot of the, the general consensus has been if he played baseball, he'd instantly become one of the 10 most famous baseball players. I, I read your article. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I wrote that, and then I was talking to my editor, not in New York, my MLB editor about it. And I don't – like, Tebow is definitely one of the 10 most famous baseball players. Right. I don't know if Kyle Murray is quite there. Well, don't you think that there's – 10 famous baseball players for people that follow baseball and then 10 famous baseball players for, like, oh. my wife. Who oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, no, yeah well, and they're I mean, separate. Well, yeah, but your wife follows college football and doesn't follow baseball. I mean, general, right. like, average person that doesn't know anything, that, that has <clears throat> no... Like, that's the idea, right? Like, if you follow college football, definitely you think Kyler Murray is one of the 10 most... Uh, is one of the ten most well-known baseball players. Yeah, but if you don't follow college football, you just is that the highest. You're like, who's that? Yeah, yeah, and like, and, and I, college football is big. I don't know if it's so big that like there's this big crossover of people who know college football but don't know baseball. Well, if you live south of Kentucky, maybe. Yeah, like I like in or Maine, Ohio. In Maine, they have no idea who kind of. No, that's like, probably right. Yeah. It, unless you get strapped by the Red Sox or yeah. get straight the Red Sox. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, the, I think the. The baseline argument there is that because of the attention that's already surrounding him, right. whether he could be – because he legit could be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. And there hasn't been a crossover player since Bo Jackson yeah. that would legit fit the bill of a, a top – a first-round surefire – in for a, what it's worth, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, and our team has the one pick, and I do not want him to take to take them. No, no. Plus, y'all have uh, Josh Rosen. Yeah, but I think that like they would, they would. Do you have Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, if they wanted, yeah. In fact, uh, y'all are not spelled with a C anymore. You're spelled with a K. Oh, because of Kingsbury. They changed their Twitter account to the Arizona K. Did they really? Yes. Like right after he got hired, the word came out that he'd been dating uh, that lady on Fox Sports One. 
Okay. Which, which one? The one that's on the stupid show with Skip Bayless. She's like the uh, yeah. she's like the host of the show. She's the moderator. Yeah. 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 Sorry, you, you have to narrow it down. That seems like literally the worst job in the world. By the way, that actually, yeah. job, that job might actually be worse. But have to listen to Bayless and Sharp. Yeah. Sharp. Sharp has his. Sharp's moments. fine. Sharp has his moments. But, but it's yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. He's anyway. done really well from somebody from Glenville, Georgia. <laughs> but like for example, I would argue that with the with like there's a large percentage of Latinos in this country. Oh. And they have no idea who Kyler Murray is, but they read baseball. Like, they watch follow baseball. Like sure. Feels so, so good when it hits your lips. Yeah, Tony, Tony just took a sip, uh, a big swig of the bourbon. And, you know, since he did that, I'll just kind of do a quick kind of soft introduction. It's oh, yeah, It's been a while since uh, we podcasted. This is, is this first of 2019, right? Uh, it's the first in studio. Yeah, yeah we did. Uh, we did waiting since last yeah. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I'm still in New Orleans. That's right. Yeah. And um, it seems so long ago, and so many things have happened since wow. then. Uh, I love that we just kind of start about like kind of the hybrid baseball football question because we're not talking about sugar bowl anymore or anything like that. Um, you know, it's we can, appropriate we can get into that conversation. We should talk a little bit about what's happened. To this we definitely should. But I had one question about the Kyler Murray thing before we move on. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hear about Bo Jackson, you know, I read your article, Will in New York magazine. magazine. It's a very good article. You can go read it. I read how you mentioned Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, even Jim Thorpe. Brian Jordan. Brian, Brian Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. The one, the guy, the Atlanta Falcons, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Before you come at me, mm-hmm. don't don't think I'm comparing Bo Jackson with Deion Sanders, okay? No, because no. Because they're, they're both great athletes, but Bo Jackson's in a different world. No, no. I mean, I think you kind of pointed this in your article. Kyler Murray's playing quarterback. That's a 12-month, 365 gig in whatever organization you're in. Yeah. You can't play half for the Cardinals and half for the Red Sox for or the, the Oakland A's or yeah, for the Cardinals. Um, so I think maybe that's where you can't get that like you did in the nineties with Dion and Bo. And it's also worth noting that Dion Sanders and Bo Jackson were not in fact, very good baseball players. Like they were really athletic, but if you look at their stats, Bo Jackson struck out like crazy. Okay. And, Hold and, on. And, and, Auburn and, bros. That's Will talking. And, so I'm sorry. Well. They were not very good. Well, and Frank Thomas players. wasn't that great of a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it actually is really hard to actually be great at both. And I agree and, with you. I, I think, I think the only athlete that, that truly could have been great at baseball and football was Herschel Walker. And the only reason he wasn't great at baseball is he didn't try. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, that, that was actually the premise of my column, by the way, I almost use Herschel Walker as the example on this premise of my column. Cause there's all this debate about, should Colin Murray play baseball? Should he play football? Uh, like, what's best for him long term? I have to say, the case for football was better than I thought it was at first glance. I think because uh, football has so much, you get so much more money from the draft up front, yeah. And then, sure, if you get to free agency, you will make a lot more money in baseball, but that's that's particularly difficult to do. But the premise of the idea was like, if I were an 18 year old, I, I imagined Will Leach. I called him Will Leach. And imagine an 18 year old me uh, who was just incredible. It was Herschel Walker. And it could be incredible at whatever sport I did. I wanted what would be the best business, financial, long-term, quality of life sport for me to choose. Soccer. And it was soccer. Yeah, you nailed it on <laughs> that. And I didn't, I didn't write your article. That's yeah. not hard. Yeah. It, was, it was really hard to argue that it wasn't soccer. I mean, it could uh, be cricket, but probably yeah. soccer. And I even like, like I had the idea of tennis and golf, though. Then with the idea... Um, I think uh, tennis actually makes more money than golf does, which I did yep. not realize. Yep. Um, but... Uh, and we didn't account for for, for uh, sponsors, and so yeah. On. But uh, yeah, I think it's hard to argue that. Uh, and, and the reason that, of course, is there are several major sports leagues in soccer, and there's yeah. one major sports league in baseball and one major sports league in, in the world. Yeah, in the world, right? And yeah, like, you can go play anywhere. So anyway, we have a lot to talk about, but that's a fun little palate cleanser for everyone. Happy New Year! Well, one interesting thing that happened to us, and we're we're recording this on uh, January sixteenth. 
we were followed on our Twitter account by the transfer portal. Nice. <laughs> well, I want, let's make sure we have decided that we are going to be a University of Georgia Athletics podcast again next season. Yeah. We are not leaving for greener pastures. Yeah. We feel like we can stay here and be a starter. Yeah, the transfer portal has been around for a while, but it's definitely had its year. It is this, definitely this had is a year. It's time to have this, uh, this sort of idea. And, uh, and listen, you know, I'm sorry. I, I have not had the opportunity to formally apologize to the University of Georgia fan base for taking Luke Ford from you to the University of Illinois. Mama called. Yeah. yeah. Mama called. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, uh, I remember I remember when he chose Georgia, we were all like chuckling about like, isn't it cute? How nice he was that he put Illinois in this top five. And uh, now he's uh, he's Illinois, though Jeff Thomas is not. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about transfers. Yes, that's the first thing we should talk about. uh, So transfers and then uh, coaches. Coaches, uh, yeah, yeah. coaches. I think players should always come first. I think that's worth. Yes, yes. Um, And not just transfers, but people going pro. Sure. Losses. Yeah. Um, So far, my favorite, just from your really Schadenfreude areas, Tathan Martell (laughs) has transferred to Miami. I'm sorry. You run your mouth, you stick around yeah. and try to win the job. Look, I, I get it that obviously everybody, uh, say, think uh, the Justin Fields is going to be the starter next year. Hey, good for him. I, like, you know, like he, he was not going to be starter at the University of Georgia. He, he has an opportunity to start at another university, he should go. Yeah. Um, and, and he should go to a really good uh, Yeah, good university, go. right? And, like a perfect place right. for him to go. So, right. what if the final four next year is Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State? Oh, how about Washington? Don't forget. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, take Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Georgia, Washington, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Long shorts in there. It doesn't matter to me. I know, I know. Yeah, it doesn't For matter. what it's worth, by the way, I'd like to know another possibility. <laughs> uh, Seth Emerson just tweeted right now that Matthew Downing is leaving for TCU. Matthew no. Downey? Matthew Downey is going Are you to serious? Matthew Downey is going to TCU. So Wait, is Heather Pray their husband going anywhere? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but God no. So there's there's your four. TCU, Washington, Ohio State, and Georgia. That's it. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be amazing. It really would be amazing. That would be fun. Well, you know, good. good, Again, good for Downing. Look, I I take the approach on this. Um, Look, if you you went to transfer from the University of Georgia, I'm fine with that. We can't. It's hypocritical for us to want good players to come here and and not want players to leave. Just because you decide to leave doesn't make you a bad Georgia a bad dog or whatever the whatever the trope is. Um, I get it. And especially if you're looking at a depth chart that you know that the odds of you cracking rely on someone getting hurt or some major change in scheme or you magically improving, you should go. Right? And that, that, that you know, that let's, let's talk about the guys leaving as juniors. Um, uh, can I touch on one thing before we actually yeah. get to specifics? This is, uh, frankly, touches it on a larger thing that we've been discussing, again, this entire podcast, the old Georgia way against the new business way. You cannot say, nope, you know what? We don't want the down-home Mark Richt and all of his friends and all of his players or family. We don't, and we don't want that anymore. We want a guy that's business and goes and wins. And then get upset when players don't treat right. his family. Right. And I think, I think that's, what, that's what this is about. You cannot be upset at the players because we made the decision. We made the, like we made the decision that this is what this was going to be. They were going to get guys in for business reasons and win the championship because we want to win the championship and they're going to spend the money. That's great. I think it's a good decision. I understand. I think it was clearly we've seen with Mark Rick 
saying, you know what, this game is not for me anymore. Right. Clearly, we've seen this. They made the correct decision in recognizing where this is going. But then you cannot also then say, how could they not? How could they betray the family? Because it's clearly we've all decided it's not a family. So you can't get mad at, at players for that. And, and let, let me let me be very clear about this. I haven't seen that except for in the darkest corners of yeah. the internet's. Um, coaches and the players leaving are product of a very top of the line program. That's the way it is. We can we can say it ought not to happen that way. Before you start with them, oh, ain't done that way, Bama. Nick Saban's replacing two defensive coordinators, uh, two offensive coordinators, a defensive coordinator. He's lost seven starters to, to either transfer junior starters, junior starters, either yeah. transfers to the NFL. I mean, he just lost a backup quarterback. He lost a backup quarterback yeah. to Oklahoma. Yeah. So I'm talking to Matt Adair like that, he's like, "We're going to get Oklahoma in the playoff." I just know it. Yeah, well, that's the way that's the way the world works. <laughs> yeah, but you're right when you say it's top level because you don't hear you know a lot of people transferring in and out of Kentucky or Vanderbilt or Mississippi right, State. Right. Yeah, unless the program is falling apart. <clears throat> well, like, yes. that's when you see. That's when that. When yeah, you, that's yeah. when you see when the, when there's chaos and there's trouble. But like Minnesota is fine rowing the boat. Yeah. Nobody's coming or going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the juniors leaving. We speculated, I think, on our last podcast who was leaving. I was wrong on all of them. Yeah, they all left. Um, they, they, they all left. left. Um, you know, look, I get it. If you are a junior receiver who you're not likely to get many more looks than you did last year, um, you're certainly not going to be made a feature receiver. Go. I mean, in it, 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 I understand that. I, now I can make the argument, and I think everybody, anybody, could make the argument. You can stay, also stay, potentially increase your draft stock. But if you stay and get hurt, obviously your draft stock goes way down. So that's fine. Uh, the one that surprised me remains to surprise me is uh, Holyfield. Um, I, I understand. I, I get that. I get that. You know, you only have so many hits in you as a running back in a, a year of earning potential. Trump's that, and that's fine. Uh, he must have gotten a really, really good draft grade. Um, like, uh, you know, not, not for the, nothing. Todd, Todd Gurley and Sony Michelle didn't hurt his case yeah. any at all the past three weeks. Yeah, so there's a non-zero possibility that they're playing each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know that that is a uh, that is a really interesting way of of going about it. Does that make our team less deep? Of course, but it's next man up. We that's the way. If you want a program to run at the level that we, I think we all want our program to run, it has to be a next man up mentality. That's why you recruit at super high levels. Um, and frankly, you want to be able to pitch the idea of you come here and do well. Like even our backup running backs can leave and go and be a second round draft pick. And our backup quarterbacks can go lead a team to the playoff. Right. That's wouldn't, exactly you ex- right. wouldn't you expect because of that, maybe DeAndre Swift to carry the load a little bit more maybe 20 25 carries a game because he's being touted as a potential heisman candidate and with the amount of carries he got last year you're not even gonna get a sniff of that well, he's gonna have to get 25 touches or more to to be that's that's i mean well, we'll see if we'll see we'll see cook we'll see zamir yeah, like, yeah, right yeah. Yeah, but that gets that's a nice segue into the offensive coordinator change because the philosophy under cheney really was spread the ball around and that's fine and i think that's actually kirby's philosophy um Congratulations, Tennessee Bros. You won the offseason. Um, you should revel in that. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Considering they just, the, this offseason before, they had the absolute worst possible offseason you can right. conceivably have. It's yeah. all part of Fuller's yeah. master well, plan. Well, yeah. we, stole, we stole Cheney from Georgia. He was your seventh choice, okay? It was just fine. Look, it said everything I needed to know that Tennessee offered a fair amount more money, and Georgia's like, you know, you should take That's that. Fine. Right. 
Right. I think that that said, I think both parties were ready for this, that relationship to be done. Clearly, Uh, of all the issues with Georgia football right now, spending on assistance is not the issue. This is not nope. cheaping out. Nope. nope so nope. I think that that's kind of the key thing to remember there. And listen, I think Cheney was a good offensive coordinator. The I agree. Was awesome last year. I agree. I, mean, I think this this kind of notion that yeah, who needs him? Cheney was like Cheney was. I'll put it this way: ever since I've gotten here, uh, everybody hates the offensive coordinator, and Cheney uh-huh. feels like the offensive coordinator. They hated a little bit less than they hated the other. Oh no, that's Georgia fans' favorite polar game. Yeah, right. Hate an offensive coordinator. I think I tweeted, "Congratulations, Cheney! You're about to become the most hated man in Georgia." I mean, uh, um, Coley. So, yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, that's fine. I, I think Coley's going to be fine. He's been in the coaching box. He's been co-offensive coordinator for a year. I, I don't think we see any significant drop-off there. Funny moment, uh, Dave Matter, who was a pretty good uh, mm-hmm. reporter for the uh, St. Louis Post Dispatch cover of Missouri, but may not know the Georgia program all that well, uh, uh, <laughs> said that uh, Georgia dodged a bullet. Uh, I'm sorry, Missouri dodged a bullet when uh, Georgia did not bring back uh, Dooley, Derek Dooley, to be the offensive coordinator uh, the way that, that many Missouri people feared they might. And I was like, wait. That was uh, never even talked about. No, I just I think, <laughs> I think that I think that, that was uh, maybe. Did he have sarcasm font off? I did not have okay. sarcasm font. And he was like, ooh, okay, they made it. I don't think that, I don't think it was worth I don't think that. he didn't mean, I don't think he knows what those words mean. <laughs> I think he just I think he just heard, I think he just saw Dooley. Like, oh, he, of course, he should go to Georgia, but maybe not realize it. Well, you know, what's interesting is you get all this, in the SEC. all this ink spilled over the offensive coordinator. The D coordinator still isn't even filled yet. Yeah. And you don't even hear anything about that as much. I mean, there's been some stuff percolating. Um, I I would be really surprised. I think I think what's happening is that you, until you know exactly who you're hiring, you need to know what you have on the table, right? Um, I think it's at this point, it doesn't look like Lanning is going to leave. I think the odds on favorite, if we don't bring in somebody, a superstar, like rob somebody from the NFL or whatever, um, Lane is going to be your defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator. Right now, it's, it's fitting pieces together. You have essentially an open coaching, only field coaching slot, um, and you're trying to find somebody that can coach a position group that you have a, a place of need at. So, um, I, you know, I'm I'm not terribly worried about it. We got 22 of our 25 signed on in what 12 of them on campus or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's not. I don't think it's going to hurt. I mean, there's a possibility it could hurt, you know, one off on recruiting, but you're only talking about three more guys. Um, so, you know, I, I'm perfectly fine to to let Kirby play this out without freaking out about it, just because, eh, you know, it's a it's an interesting marketplace. The marketplace is different than it was before. It used to be the rush to get a coordinator hired is it's signing day in a month, right? That that's done. That's passed, right? I mean, we got 22 of 25 guys signed, and we have three slides. And that's it. Period. It doesn't really matter how many open scholarships we have. We have three slots, um, unless somebody suddenly becomes unqualified. And I don't. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Um, it's not really important for the for the basis of our conversation. So you know, I, we heard what was his name, Ashley from LSU, um, uh, Tosh Lapoy, who's now going to go to Cleveland. Um, his name was out there, although. Uh, all my Southern Cal buddies like, you don't want to have your defensive coordinator. I was like, T. Martin went to Tennessee. Great. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> great recruiter. LaPoy is a great recruiter. Um, you know, Alabama gave us some yards this year. So so there there are a lot of, of reasons to look at um, this and not be freaked out about it. Speaking of T. Martin, um, yeah. So go back and if you're really excited about T. Martin coming back and coaching your program, you should probably go look at Southern Cal's offenses the past couple of years. Um and just 
Think about that. I mean, it's worth. I mean, there's a reason they brought in Kingsbury in the first place. They really wanted. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, By the way, that was a weird thing too. Went to Southern Cal. Southern Cal told him, "No, you can't talk to people." He was like, "All right, I quit." Yeah. Like literally, just said, "I quit." I mean, Helton's Helton's in a lot of trouble, but that's not a great look. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be offensive coordinator at USC at what a million and a half? You're going to be head coach of an NFL program at what? Four million? Yeah, and get to go coach uh, Josh Rosen. Good, yeah, so, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, so. And not have to recruit. I mean, like because you know, Lynn Swan is the athletic director at USC. Yeah, is troublesome. There, mm-hmm. there is trouble uh, over there. So yeah, I think that I, I to kind of put a bow on this. I do kind of feel like the grumblings you're hearing about the moves are not so much specifically. I can't believe that he went pro, or how much we missed Cheney, or how much, or so on. As much as it is, um, hey, this is a lot of turnover for us supposedly building. Like the whole idea is we're supposed to be building this impenetrable machine. And in year three now, or year four, he's starting into year four. It's been four years. Yeah. Um, heading into year four, this is when the machine was supposed to start be starting really to click, right? Like this is the idea of stack recruiting class on stack recruiting class on stack recruiting class. And now you're getting a lot of, wait, some of these guys – or maybe a year earlier than you want them to be up there because they have to fill some spots. I think that's fine. I think Georgia is... They, I, I, it's, I think it's worth knowing that with all the defections, I think Georgia went from number three in most people's uh, two early top 25s to number three. Yep. So, <laughs> so I don't know if it actually really changed that much, but uh, certainly I understand that uh, it, does, it feels... There was a little stretch there with the Sugar Bowl... And all the leaving, all the, all the players leaving early, and Cheney going, where things just started to feel a little wobblier than you'd like them to feel. I have to, and a lot of that was narrative. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, maybe, but I mean, not all of it's narrative. He would have loved Holyfield to stay. Of course. Loved, like, it's not all. Of course. Narrative. But, like, those I, are actual good players that are leaving the team. Right. Yeah, I understand that. But those players are still gone now, 10 days oh. later. And the wobbly part's not a thing. Oh, I agree. No, wobbly, wobbly is not. I don't mean that. Like, has Kirby Smart lost control of Georgia? Oh, that not, no, there was some of that no, out I there. Okay, that's. I don't mean that. And but, I don't mean from Georgia fans. I mean yeah. from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean some of it was wishful dreamcasting from from, from other other fan bases and or national media people who don't me, like Kirby media <laughs> media who who are whatever the narrative is yeah. right. Um, but I also think it speaks to the, my what I keep saying every time, which is that a lot more people are rooting for Kirby to fail than I think we realize. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I've just assumed a lot of those people live in Nashville. Um, well, I know those people are rooting. You, <laughs> but um, anyway. so, so you know, I, I to you, just to follow up briefly on what what Will was saying about that is like, look, you, you know, four months, April twentieth is when uh-huh. GA is. Yep. And th- four months, we're going to tee it up, or three months, however like long it is. February, March, April. Yeah, that's three. Um, So the, you know, April, April 20th um, will be G day. And, you know, we will be, unless we see a major injury, frankly, Jake Fromm is the only one I can think of right now. That really really freaks me out. Um, And it might be freak me out. I mean, well, then you're you're looking at, okay, it could change. It wins. It wins. I don't know. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, I don't you're, know. You're looking at a six foot six Dwan Mathis coming in and starting or, as a true or, freshman. Or a six foot soaking wet Stetson Bennett. Oh, okay. I almost uh, feel like it'd be more likely it would be that, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think it's Bennett. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I would think it's Stetson. I mean, he knows offense, so I mean, you know, why, why burn the red shirt at that point? So, you know, uh, we're still looking at a team that's going to be a top 
no worse than top five um, going into the national rankings with, again, a no worse than top ten Notre Dame coming to town in three weeks. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun football season ahead of us. And, you know, I don't want to get too far out in front of whatever that means in January. But um, let's just slow down and enjoy the ride, right? We, we, finished, uh, we finished a football season that was hard, um, that actually turned out exactly the way I think we all pretty much predicted. I mean, just in maybe a more painful fashion. In a more painful fashion, right? And no, have we mentioned that Alabama got crushed in the national championship game? I they did. About that yeah. I think one of us predicted that. I think one of us predicted Clemson was going to win. Yeah, but nobody, uh, the Clemson didn't predict. Clemson didn't predict that. What happened? Yeah. The good news is, is Alabama got to eat like normal human beings uh, later, <laughs> so that they had that going. Okay, I'm sorry. What are your feelings on the president? Are you're a billionaire? Go get a real caterer. Yeah. I mean, there's honestly, I think the great quote about this is literally no better metaphor than for the Trump presidency than a cold Big Mac served in a silver platter. <laughs> like that is literally exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're moving on. Um, other yeah. than the fact that, listen, I whatever. There's no class thing. I, I love a Big Mac. I got no beef for the Big Mac. I might not. Want Big Mac beef. has no beef. With <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I might. I might not want. To, I might not want my Big Mac to upset. Uh, you know, having gone through no, Big Macs are only good if they're sitting in the back of your car. No, no that's no, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's Crystal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh I miss Crystal. 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 You know, if we podcast late enough, we could just drive to Crystal and continue the podcast there. If, if we keep going as Sign me to up. the late parts of the evening, yeah, sorry, uh, sorry. one of my favorite parts of the national championship game was the end of Dr Pepper Fansville. Did you see that? I didn't that? see because I was in the game, so I, I heard about this. I it was great. It was Les Miles that had yeah. stolen the trophy. Speaking of metaphors, him getting shocked on the top of that's right. by line on top yeah. of a gas station. Oh, oh and he's he the, the Kansas, Kentucky, uh, Kansas job. Kansas right? coach. Uh, I was I was kind of hoping it was Larry Culpepper. Um, that would have been good. But Les Miles, obviously, he took it. Yeah, I missed that whole. Game. Well, there was foreshadowing because in one of the first episodes, it was sitting behind him in his shop before where he was selling grass or yeah. something like that. That's yeah, so all that. I thought yeah. it was very well put together because everybody was tired of the Larry Culpepper uh, yeah. shtick. Yes. But Doctor Pepper tastes terrible. That's, and you all didn't have to changed. deal with the Imagine Dragons in the stadium. I know they weren't even. There. They were on an island, fifty miles just away. Like last year, Kendrick oh. Lamar did not was not actually. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I like thought that. it was right there. In I did stadium. not watch a minute of it. I turned it off. It was really bad. When got ready for bed because I it was. Uh, yeah, Lil Wayne and Imagine Dragons. That was not in the stadium. In the okay. stadium, it was actually pretty great. The uh, Alabama band did a tribute to Aretha Franklin, and it was a lot. Wow. Better. Yeah, they've been doing a tribute to Aretha Franklin for like. 25 years. Because <laughs> yeah, they did. Right. I've seen that same tribute twice in the past two years. Right. So she finally did it in the favor of dying. Yeah. Uh, that's I a good to make it wistful. Yes. Um, okay. Should we talk some basketball? We got the. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So this is the day after uh, Georgia played Kentucky. Uh, scored. Came in second last night. Okay. Come in second. You know what? You, can, you can't. You can't uh, win if you don't play, and also you can't win if you play like that. Uh, that was uh, Georgia's probably lost by twenty to Kentucky. Uh, the crowd. I will. Here's the thing I will say about the crowds at this game. For uh, across the board this season, there are more students at these games. The, Kentucky is always a big deal. Like there's always a hot crowd at Kentucky, but like the Vanderbilt game had more students than I have ever seen at a Georgia game ever, including past Kentucky games. Like, I, I don't know what Crean is doing. I don't know what the athletic department is specifically trying to put together on that. But they are getting more students into those games than they have ever gotten students in there before. And you can tell. The environment is totally different. I feel like they're now actually getting a 
they're now finally getting the big time college basketball feel, which is to say student, there's a lot of students who are making a lot of noise. Unfortunately, all the good seats are old people like me who just sit and clap and, and clap politely. So this is good because in the past you couldn't even tell the difference between those two right. sections. So the student sections are now, uh, that, that's helped a lot, but Georgia has no guards. Turtle Jack, I love Turtle Jack. Everybody loves Turtle Jackson, but he's just been a huge bummer. Uh, like he just never really became what he needed to become. Uh, Crump is too inconsistent. Hams is too young. Uh, they don't have guards. Uh, and and Crean's, Crean's offense in particular requires is driven by guards. Right. I so. mean, defensively, they played fine. They probably, yeah. get, they probably give, get lost a little bit in space yeah. and give up too many uncontested um, range looks and also leave too many lanes open. Um, and you're against a team like Kentucky who is just so quick. Um, but think about how different Georgia would be if they would have gotten the recruits. That's, uh, have you heard? Ashton Higgins was committed to Georgia. But then Mark Fox got fired, and so therefore, uh, because he lit up uh, Georgia, it was a mistake to fire Fox. Right, Tony? I, I'm glad you asked. Um, so I have been, We rarely do pre-production meetings, but we had to tee this one up. I was primed for a rant. Um, the entire time last night, because I was kind of watching the game, I'm in the moment of the game, I, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on why the whole, you know, Higgins was committed to Georgia. Thing, um, so there are two thoughts about it. First off, the media loves Mar Fox, right? And I, whether because they're equally sanctimonious, sure. But frankly, yeah. I mean, this, yeah. Is, this is Fox's whole thing, right? Like, yeah. I'm glad to get college basketball back to the clean thing that it should be, as everybody gags and pretends to f- off. So there was, <laughs> yeah, no, some don't even pretend. Um, well, I, let me let me let me interrupt. Michael Hutchins going on. Let me interrupt you because. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Bill! That got real dark. <laughs> it's been a long time since he died. Yeah, so we had an in excess of. I don't know. I've, I've lost Sorry, my hard. train of thought. Um, it's a good joke. I like but, okay, so you were talking about how the media loves Mark Fox. Well, sure. Crean was one of them last year. Do they not still have that amorous feeling so, towards Crean? The reason I say that is that it felt like at times they were. Almost tis tisking the decision making. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's sort of they dislike Cream. It's they feel Fox was wronged. Wrong. Uh-huh. That's exactly yeah. right. See, I don't that's, feel exactly, that way. that's exactly right. So well, I don't feel that way either. And I so, like so that's the first thing. That's the first thing. I don't know how you can a guy could feel wronged when he got eight freaking years and never and went to one went to two tournament games and lost them both. Like you can't feel wronged. Like maybe you think you should have kept the job. You can't feel wronged when that happens. Well, that yeah. So the second thing is this: is like anybody wish casting that Darian Higgins would have come here and been starting under Mark Fox is crazy. Mark Fox doesn't start freshman. Darian Higgins played for the Colorado Buffaloes in 1990. Oh yeah, 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 college yeah, yeah. football. That's right, that's right. He he and his never mind. There's a whole sleeping with Eric sleeping sleeping with the enemy. There's old sleeping with the enemy thing there. Um, Ashton Higgins. There we go. He would not have been. He'd be playing six minutes a game. And, and before you're like, well, he's so good. Yeah, of course he's so good. Mark Fox did not it's start, not would not start, does not play freshman. So before you think he would have played 36 minutes or however Higgins played last night, before you think he would have pulled a double-double, before you think he would have gone off and, and had all the, the assists, steals, whatever he had, he would not have had the minutes on Mark Fox's team, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, I'll go to my grave saying he wouldn't have, because that is not what Mark Fox did. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about Mark Fox, and I'm stating objective facts about Mark Fox and his coaching style. So, yeah, fine. Hagen's, instead of coming to 
Frankly, I'm more mad about the one Fox misses playing at Butler right now that went to Appalachian High School than about Hagen's. Because, frankly, if Kentucky had called Hagen's the day before he was moving into the East Campus Village, Hagen's ass would have been packed up and moving to Lexington because you don't turn down Kentucky to go play for Georgia. Period. So let's just, let's just slow the roll on Hagen's could be a Georgia if Fox were still here. Maybe, maybe not. But the reality is, is like the Hagen's we see playing for John Calipari is not the Hagen's we would have seen playing for Mark Fox. Here, here. Here, here. And the, the, a larger thing to give Crean a little bit more leeway on this, because, you know, a lot of things like, well, why doesn't he have any guards? The system's all based on guards. The hard part is to get guys like Claxton, to get long, defensive, big dude. Like, Georgia has big dudes, and they've got a ton. Like, Fox got those. Yeah. Like, Fox can get those guys. Yeah. Guards are, should not, like, guards are easier to find. Shooters are easier to find than to find a Claxton. Yeah. And that's why I feel generally good about how, as, as rough as that Kentucky game was, and as really rough as that Tennessee game was, there are the Auburn game was I didn't think was quite as bad. Vanderbilt I thought was quite a good game. Um, if you you can get guards, you can find guards. Now I think Anthony Edwards, uh, not the goose, but uh, the the top one of the top uh, recruits of points, a swing point guard, shooting guard out of Atlanta, and uh, he's like one of the top five players in the country. George is going after him. Uh, that would certainly change things. But even if you don't get the one of one guy, there's shooters you can find those guys. And Cream will find them. Yeah, I mean, the the thing if you the only thing you need, really need to know about that is Mike Edwards played 22 point games a minute uh, yeah. minutes a game last year, and he literally didn't come in the Vanderbilt game, which they were up by 14 points until inside of a minute. And I have to say, as someone and Mike Edwards seems like a really nice. Guy. Yeah, I, I I liked Mike Edwards. But I can't. Well, I couldn't watch him play anymore. Like, yeah. like, like he couldn't, like, just the, the, his lack of handle, he yeah. just couldn't, he just, he clearly was a, a Fox, the number, the fact that Edwards was playing more minutes than Crump, to me, was as good a sign of it, and Crump is hardly a perfect player, in stretch of imagination, yeah, oh, yeah. but I think spoke to Fox's general problem, yeah. so. But good crowds, get out there, it's, it's, it's a fun time, yeah. Florida, Florida at Florida, noon on Saturday, Florida at noon, which is sold out, just like the Kentucky game was. Uh, a lot of fun. It's a good vibe. On it. So, what's your prediction on the SEC schedule? How are they going to finish the year? If you had to predict right now, I, I, I haven't looked at Kim Palm, but yeah, I think they're, they're last or next to last in, in the SEC in Kim yeah. Palm. Uh, I if you get if they get six SEC wins, I think you've got to feel like yeah, this oh, is yeah, really good this year. Yeah, so, absolutely. I think if you get six uh, SEC wins, six and twelve is you're feeling you're feeling really good. Yeah, you get you can. I mean, you get eight. That's I mean, you've got one now. Huge. So, yeah. uh, so if you get if you get six, I think you're you're feeling pretty. And listen, that's a winnable game Saturday. If this is not a particularly great Florida team, yeah. so that's that's a, that's a winnable game. Okay. What about uh, women's basketball? So they knocked off Tennessee for the they first time. They got Kumac. That's really what this was yeah. all about. Yeah. Kim Morrison is, I would argue, the most exciting basketball player on campus to watch it all right now. She is so oh, fun. Yeah. If if that like if if there were a Q Morrison on the men's team, they would instantly be the most. Like, like she's just she's just a, a super fun to watch and super fun to watch play. And she was hurt at the beginning of the year. And she's an impact player. I mean, they, Georgia is a borderline tournament team without her. They're yeah. easy four seed with her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Is, I do you think, think so. that's an underestimation? Yeah. And Tennessee is struggling a little bit. Like it was the first time they've lost three in a row since mm-hmm. like 1984 or yeah. something. Since uh, they, they women played half court basketball. Yeah. Like last time, Why did my, do that? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't oh know yeah. That. Until the mid 70s, they played. Uh, three on three. They had three forwards and three guards, and you didn't go across half court. I once covered one of those Iowa uh, yeah. three on three games. Yeah. I always used to do three on three basketball games yeah. where they would actually it was like a hockey line. Yeah, like they'd get to mid court and the other and the defense. They'd have to pass it. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's kind of fun. Anyway, but um, I also like to know if, if, if you have watched the game, uh, games recently, Joni Taylor is very pregnant. Extraordinarily. <laughs> like she is very pregnant. So it's fun. And of course, you know, if you see Joni, she is one of the most physically fit women you will ever see in your entire life. So, uh, and so she's still very physically, like I kind of feel like she could give birth on the sidelines and coach the second half. So uh, she, uh, but she is extremely pregnant right now. So I'm curious if there will be any issues if they were to make the tournament because she's very pregnant. Yeah, I don't know when she do. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know when she's due, but I mean, it anytime, look like it's too far. <laughs> yeah, watching the game, it did <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's too far away. Yeah, baseball. Georgia's yeah. ranked top ten, ninth in the country. Yeah, which is great. Um, yeah, uh, well, they, they they finished the season strong last year. In some of the scheduling, uh, so yeah. there are three teams ahead of Georgia, and the um, uh, there are three teams ahead of Georgia in Baseball America's poll uh, in the SEC. We get all of those at home this year. Um, so, and we, we have to go on the road to play Mississippi State. I think it's the only other ranked team we have to play on the road. Maybe Arkansas we play on the road. But the, the schedule sets up really nicely. Um, and uh, we get a fair amount of pitching back. And with, you know, last year our pitching was good, not great. But we had timely hitting um, and actually got better hitting through the season. Um, I, there's a lot to be excited about with, for Coach Strickland this season because it's still hard to say until we get over the hump of getting and hosting a super regional, um, you know, but they're, we're still absolutely in the hunt for hosting regionals again. It is absolutely remarkable considering what that team was going into last year. Mm-hmm. What they, they thought Strickland's done. Yeah. And now oh, we were talking about it about this time last year yeah, on our podcast. It's just a presumption that sure. it was going to be done. So the idea that not only would have the year he did last year, but then, be a top ten team this year. Uh, while uh, they they lost a power hitting first base, I don't remember exactly what happened with that. Never heard of him. Uh, but uh, they they did lose like a, an impact guy on that team. So yeah. the fact that they can uh, uh, bring that up is, is a good sign. Yep. So what's next on our agenda? I was going to look at the list. You sent a whole yeah, list. Yeah, I did. Questions. Baseball defensive well, coordinator for baseball. I don't understand. So, Will. Yes. Let's talk about your golf. Oh, yes. Your so, golf yes. game. So if you are one of those sorry uh, people who uh, uh, is part of the class issues and uh, uh, generally part of the capitalist uh, um, uh, fight against uh, the oppressed uh, middle and lower class. This is, th- this um, is me doing the thing. You probably like golf. This is, the, and, this is me doing the thing Will's talking about over there earlier about rolling my eyes and whatever. That's all I understand. Capitalist oppressor. I get it. Um, um, so golf is, is oppresses... Is, is no, a capitalism. Just, just okay. Sorry. okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I, as, as I mentioned before in this podcast, I we're going to polish your pitch to golf. By <laughs> yeah, the way, yes. but uh, I don't really like golf. Uh, I don't. I don't play golf. I uh, made a bet with my friend Tommy Craggs, who, who ran Deadspin uh, years after I did, because uh, who also hates golf and is much. Okay, you guys think I'm left wing? You should talk to that dude. Uh, and, I've read his stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel like society is okay, <laughs> and he doesn't. I don't think we need to like destroy everything. Uh, but anyway, uh, when I moved here, he said, "Oh, you're going to go down there and become a golfer." So he made a uh, $500 bet that I would in the first five years I would play golf. <laughs> Five times or less, and I've been, I've been here more than five years now, and I have yet to play golf. Is he wanna, paid up? Uh, he's unemployed right now. So. I, okay. do, I do want to pick. He's had some stuff. <laughs> I do want to pick at the edges of that a little bit. There's a little bit of like, like, ha, 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 assumptiveness about that, right? Oh, You're yeah. going to play a golf. I'm being somewhat. Oh, no, no him. Oh, no, no, question. Him. no question. No question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Well, because I'm, I'm, I don't actually think that 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 America is some terrible place that should be destroyed. So therefore I'm not as left as Tommy is. So, so the idea, his, his theory was I was going to come down here and like slowly turn into Brian Kemp. 
<laughs> and uh, I think I think we can all note that has you're not, not happened. You're, you're not you're not going that route. That has not happened. But I am not. I mean, I didn't turn into Richard Daly moving to Illinois. Yeah, I am not exactly. I'm not. Uh, I turned into Barack Obama. Um, well, Blagojevich <laughs> with less hair. <laughs> you did not turn into Blagojevich. Uh, you did not Blagojevich. Um, I, I worked for the state of Illinois. We don't while claim he him. Was, we do not. I worked for the state of Illinois while he yeah. was yeah. governor. If so. Republicans don't, we're not going to make Republicans pl- uh, claim George Ryan. So you guys, uh, we, we won't. We have to have Blagojevich. Anyway, uh, the point is, is that uh, um, uh, yeah. So I, do you I, know how valuable this is? I don't know. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I think that, I, I think the idea was yeah. I think I was going to come down here and be like a golfer dude, right? And start what, start wearing a visor. Yeah. That, yeah, I will play golf before I wear a visor, by the way, just to be clear, <laughs> uh, just to be as clear as possible about that. Anyway, so I don't play golf. I've written about how I don't play golf before. If you have the Golfer's Journal, which is a really good quarterly uh, uh, publication about golf, I wrote a piece about how I didn't like golf and how I don't play golf. And I made the joke before about how my father-in-law is a member of Shinnecock and how uh, he asked me to play with him. And I said no, not be, uh, because I, to me, I, I, I thought I was honoring Shinnecock, which is one of, of course, the greatest golf courses that the U.S. Open was just there, one of the greatest golf courses in the world, and I felt like me playing golf there would be like an insult to the an game. Insult to the game. Yeah. And I, every time I tell golfers that, they're like, "You're an idiot. You should have just played." So I, I get no points for it. I'm there. So I understand that. Um, and I'm not really a golfer, but yeah. So the point is, is um, Stephen Madden, who was one of my old editors at Sports on Earth, um, uh, is now a consultant. For, uh, for for publications and um, golf was just bought by like this billionaire dude that just wants to own his fancy golf magazine and uh, which is which is what time is time is also owned by uh, by by a wealthy person that just wants to own a magazine basically the magazine industry is going back to what it was kind of in the twenties where rich rich people had it as like part of their high society things because it's not actually a good business plan anymore anyway so the guy bought golf magazine put it in editorial seven placed in front of Stephen Madden whose large part of his job was to get interesting good writers to write for the magazine after they all said no he came to me and asked if I would be interested in writing for the magazine and I said to him I don't play golf and I don't really like it and I'm not you know part of the capitalist oppression that, that you're part of and um, and he said great so what can you do for us so I thought it would be fun to uh, I don't know if anyone knows uh, there's a man named John Tattersall who is a golf instructor uh, he's British but he's a golf instructor in Atlanta and he, what club is he out of? Uh, he actually runs. Uh, I, I don't. He may be. He may fit for a club. I don't know. But he actually runs Fusion ATL, which is a, a uh, basically it's like a, a high end uh, training for golf. It's not just golf. It's also like like all around like physical trainers and uh, like Charles Barkley is one of the top clients across the board. Clearly, they're doing an awesome yeah. job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, the point is, is that uh, um, it's in it's in uh, it's in Buckhead. And uh, what we do is we paired him. Uh, what he's going to do is he is going to try to make me, someone who not only does not golf but is actively hostile to the game, uh, to beca- he's going to try to train me to become, a, a, if he can make me into a halfway decent golfer. So uh, that's what we're doing. So I've had uh, two sessions with him. I'm writing a monthly column for Golf Magazine. See <coughs> Golf Magazine. It's the one with Dustin Johnson, who is apparently a golfer, uh, on the front of the magazine. You can see me and my old guy picture that they've made yeah. of me. Uh, I have a monthly column golf magazine. So if you get it, look for me. I'm, I'm at the front of the book. You look kind of like the drawing of Robert Mueller in that yeah. that's <laughs> illustration. I've, I've joked before that I, I, I look like the novelty plaque you give a regional bank manager when he retires. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's actually kind of what it does look like. 
But uh, it makes me look, I, I think, 15 years older than I actually am. But, uh, you know, yeah, the, I guess it's Golf Magazine. They, they can't have me looking like, you know, the, uh, the debonair uh, young hipster that I actually am. So is there going to be any video footage of this? They have taped some. Um, I've not let them be released to the public yet. Uh, I would but, love to get my hands yeah, on by that. By the way, uh, don't sign a release. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have, uh, he has sent me some, uh, and uh, uh, I'm going to wear a different athletic gear for the next lesson. Uh, I've discovered from seeing the video. Oh, you were wearing jeans or something? I was wearing jeans. Oh, I was my wearing, God. like running clothes. Okay. And, uh, so, um, but, uh, but You have to wear a collared shirt on the course. Wearing, no, of course. I mean, I mean, heaven forbid we can't have any of uh, the lower class. Riff riff. Yeah, yeah, the riff well, in, in the, the, the Pine Hills and Winder, you can wear whatever you want. But, but uh, no, so I'm, I'm, but it's kind of fun. It, go shirtless. Fun and now I think they've been happy. The first two pieces have run already, and the, the first one's run, the second one's filed and being edited. They're very happy with it so far. Actually, I think I'm going to be doing the cover story for the April issue. It's amazing. Where I That's be, the master's edition. That is the master's edition. I'm interviewing, apparently, there's a go- someone named Justin Rose. This is amazing uh, that this you keep saying is. it that way. <laughs> As I mentioned before, I, this is the first time I've ever th- heard the words Justin and Rose I mean, like, next to one another. I'm ask like, him. Oh, is it like Axel's little brother? It is not <laughs> Axel's little brother. You need, uh, that, that shot he made at uh, the Tour Championship that won him $10 million for the well, FedEx I mean, Cup. Well, it's, it is tan- tantamount. I'll ask him about that. It is tantamount to someone who doesn't follow professional football saying I'm some guy named Todd Gurley. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware, and I'm playing up a little bit like okay, I, will, right. I will research. He is a very nice guy from what I've seen and read about him. I mean, he's British, but fine. sure. I will I will do it. Like I have interviewed people you speak, that I don't you, know you speak English. I just speak English. <laughs> do you English, speak the Queen's do English? Do you speak it? Uh, so, so I will be interviewing him and I'll do enough. For, like I've interviewed people that I don't know that well before. Um, but, uh, it's funny. It's a fun thing to do. Uh, if you had told me, uh, 10 years ago, I'd be writing for golf magazine. Uh, I would have thought that was pretty crazy. I must say, you've but, had quite the three months. Uh, you might be the only person that's interviewed Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Justin Rose in the same six month period. <laughs> yeah. I did know who Dale Earnhardt Jr. Well, yeah, because um, and, uh, you love America. Yeah, so <laughs> Dale Earnhardt Jr. was awesome, by the way. For the, for the record, that was for the for the Elite Show on Sports Illustrated, which comes back uh, February uh, mid February. We're coming back with season two. Who who is it? We have we have not booked all of our early guests yet, so we've got a couple couple uh, couple Tony couple Waller. Couple no, it's, if it's that bad, it's that bad. It's gotten real bad. <laughs> well, they'll start paying Amazon back. Um, they'll try to get Scaramucci again, maybe. <laughs> no, is no. he he's not in jail. <laughs> no, not yet. Huh. Um, none of them are yet. Um, anyway, so yeah, so there's that. So what's, what's next? So we have reviews or oh, yeah, Twitter I got a, questions? Yeah, we got, a, we got one review and we got a bunch of Twitter questions. Sweet. Do you want to get into that? All right. I even wrote them down because I had time to do that. Questions or reviews? All of it. Okay. All of it. So we did receive a podcast review. It came in on 1231. So we have not had a podcast review for... 2019. It's even hard to say 2019. I just, I wrote it on a check last week and it was uh, one of those things that I had to cross out the eight, but, uh, I digress. This review comes from Julie Bell Mama. It's titled the best dog brothers, five-star review. I love this relaxed format podcast. Just some good old dogs talking about the team they love. I feel like I could pull up a chair and be welcome to the table to talk about our beloved bulldogs with these guys. Add this to your must listen George Bulldog podcast. Keep up the great work, fellas, and go dogs with a heart emoji. Thank you, Julie Mom. Very kind. Very kind. Very kind. I also want to recognize our winners on fun office pools. Go for it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I thought you had more. You don't have that teed up? I do have it teed up. So let's start with the season 
um, the season winners, which I think I might have mentioned, our season winner, um, hold on, I gotta, I'm going to get the right tab, right, was Dog Gone Dog, who won with 684 points, a one-loss record of 71 and 14 through, I'm sorry, 106, never mind, one-loss percentage, 71.4, 106 and 43 through the season, which is really impressive. Uh, Jahigal second, go, dogs go, George Monkey, dog with no fleas, giving the business um, lucky guest, John B. Crow, SC Gamecock, sorry, dog, uh, and Stone Cold Dog rounding out the top 10. Among us, I was. 40. This is the Bowling? No, this is the, the, this is the season. I ended up 41st. Well, I thought you were right ahead of me. You were 31st, and Scott was on the next page. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, man. There's a reason for that. Yes, we all know the reason because you do it there. wrong. <laughs> or, like, you know, like, now you know that's not you know, And I'm even sitting here at the computer and I still do it wrong. <laughs> so for the um, for the bowl pick'em, yes. um, I was in second place heading into New Year's Eve. Hmm. Regretfully, I put 40 points on Georgia, Texas. Hmm. I did not finish at the top. Wait, who'd you pick to win? <laughs> I, would be, I would have won the whole thing. Uh, Pat Payne won. Pat Payne got... So it was 26 and 13. Um, looking at the people who finished in the top 10, John B. Crow finished third again. He had a spectacular time. John B., thank you for playing. Guys, everybody, thank you for participating. Yes, I mean, this takes a little time to set up every year, but it's a lot of fun for me. It's really a good way for me to just keep up with what games are going on around the conference and nation. Uh, we appreciate it. We had 145 or so people who participated again this year, 80-something in the, the bowl pick them. Thank you all. Yes, very, very fun. Good. All right, so here's what's going to happen. We got a plethora of Twitter questions coming in, so I'm going to go over those. And then, just for fun, because there's no game or really anything we're previewing, I wrote down 10 questions of my own for us to answer. Okay. And they're just kind of all over the board. Some of them are fun. Some of them might not be fun. Uh, but they're questions nonetheless. I have work in the morning, so let's keep all of them to, what, 10 minutes apiece? That's right. We're good on time. Right. We're good on time. Well, yeah, he's going to work in the morning, though. I mean, y'all have to work tomorrow, too, but... yeah. We do. Right. Oh, I have CrossFit at five thirty. That's right. I have it at eight thirty. We don't go to the same CrossFit gym. Uh, no. In fact, that's one thing I put on our notes. Uh, we would talk about CrossFit journals. I think we've talked enough about CrossFit. <laughs> that's okay. It's very weird. I'm the only. It's weird that, uh, that there is a fewer number of people that are not in CrossFit on this podcast than there are that are on CrossFit. If I had to, if trust me, it's I'm I'm I am doing it because my wife. That's good. No, it's good. It. I'm not. It's, I'm not despairing. It's good that you're doing. Um, it's good that you're doing. Still, I'm still not a fan. <laughs> All, right, All right, so Twitter questions. All right, this is from Harrison at Wow Cool Tweets. That's a neat Twitter handle. Wow, cool tweets. <laughs> he says, with the receivers we lost and the talented O linemen with no starting spots we have, convince me we shouldn't run eight O linemen out on every play. Who are you gonna throw it to? Yeah, man. I mean, we still have we still have tight ends. We still have. Yeah. Receivers. I feel like I will not actually be able to convince this person, but I do think the answer is actually pretty obvious. Yeah. Sky's not falling. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, I, I get where the question's coming from. Um, and we could see more um, jumbo packages running the ball, but we also saw this year that we are actually able to run the ball better when we throw in, I mean, we run out of, of passing sets. So you don't want to give up that flexibility. All right. This next one comes from Nick. At dogfan1978, and that's not with an F, that's with a, with a PH. Okay. Dogfan. 
Are any of the off-season developments concerning you? Underclassmen leaving, coaching vacancies, time between naming successors. Do any of these push the paranoia button for you on our worst fear as UGA fans that we head to a two- and three-year run, and that'll be it? I I mean, the only thing that really scares me is the quarterback situation. And that's not... I mean, that's not a real fear, but that is something that you got to think about. Uh, I, the, the, thing, the only thing that worries me about it is the most successful season, the season where they were the most dominant team, <clears throat> was the year where everybody came back. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that is. And it's not that, like, there's not talent. There's obviously tons of talent. But we saw at the beginning of this season, it took a while for some of those young players to start to gel a little bit. And, you know, the, the idea of the super machine all coming together is that you have both experience and all this deep talent. And I think because of that, you're taking a little... Think of it this way. Like, are they still... Let's say Sony doesn't come back for, for that senior year. Or Chubb doesn't. Or, like, one of the two doesn't. That team is still really good. We still feel like... that, But it wouldn't have been that. Right. And I feel like like you're losing... I understand they have a lot of guys and, and, and Holofield leaving. You've got guys to fill in. They're still a better team with Holofield on the team. They're still a better team with some of the people that they've lost. Yeah, Hardman's going to be a big yeah, loss. Hardman, you know, Ridley as well. The, Hardman, I think, is the... Biggest one, just because receiver is not as deep as it is. Yeah. But uh, Notre Dame boy is going to, or California boy is going to go. There you go. Robertson's going to go. Let's get that. All right. So this is from Rhino L at Rhino Redhawk. Should we go outside the program for our defensive coordinator? I don't know. Depends on who you get. I mean, I don't. I know that's a crap out answer. There's no. There's no marquee name floating around out there. I mean, Ainsley from Oakland. Yeah, that's the only one. But we don't. Yeah, we don't know who. We don't know who's been talked to. We don't know who is available. Um. Again, they, they've kept it pretty quiet. I'd be surprised if, like, if they went big. At this point, yeah. yes, I agree with that. Um, but should we? I don't think we should. I think it's a possibility. But if we don't, I'm not worried about it. All right. So the rest of them I wrote down on pieces of paper. <laughs> Old school tweet. <laughs> so you, you talk about the like, I etched it out of stone on a mountaintop. <laughs> like, it's paper. It's okay. We yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Well, I have, use the telegram. Stop. Here's the question. Stop. Tell me, kiddo, what's up with the band hey, this year? Hey, kiddo. He I made mean, more than the president, but he had about a year. Stop. I, I just, I've been listening to a lot of uh, John Mulaney these I days. I'm to say. It sounds like you have. i got a lot of John Mulaney in my brain these days. It's just that I had a pen that He's I Spider- like the way it writes. Yeah. All right. Anyway. He is Spider-Ham. This comes from at Parrish Walton. Okay. Oh, yeah, good old Parrish. Parrish with two R's. Yeah, 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 Under realistic circumstances, so not... Bobo, what O coordinator would have been your top choice? Under realistic. Yeah, I guess he was thinking like maybe your first choice would be Bobo, which I don't think it would have been. No. I mean, yeah, if you can get a head coach with a proving track record of being offensive coordinator to leave a head coaching position to come be your offensive coordinator, yeah. yeah. We're going to play that game. Cliff Kingsbury would be awesome. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury would be amazing. Hell Mummy. Yeah, no. Michael Leach. Oh, so, That'd be entertaining. Yeah, so it'd be fun. Um, you know, he, here's the thing Isn't about it. Was, uh, what, what was that? What was that old Kansas City football coach? That he was their head coach. No, he's for busy. A long, he's long he's time. in Seattle. And then his son Seattle. also was a coach. He was like an offensive coordinator. The dad's name was Marty. He had a son that was offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Never heard I of don't him. Remember? Never heard of him. I don't remember who it was. I'm um, sure he was awesome though. Yeah, I mean, Paris. Kind of my take on this is that, um, to me, Coley is the one that made the most sense all along. Yeah, if you could get Cliff Kingsbury and convince Kirby that changing your system to fit what Kingsbury likes to run, um, 
yeah, that would be fun. Considering the personnel we have, considering the successes we've had playing with the personnel we have, and frankly, the quarterback we have. I mean, Coley is is not. Uh, he, he's had some experience, doesn't he? Yeah, he he was he was uh, he was an OC for for Miami. Obviously, history will prove me right or wrong. I just think it was a really good hire. Uh, at Paris Walton. Following up on that, maybe y'all could expound a bit. How on... did you know what I said? <laughs> oh, no, no, this is following up on his question. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is, this is like a long-form interview all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. He just, he just keep asking stuff. Uh, he says, following up on that, maybe y'all could expound a bit on what you want the Georgia offense to look like moving forward. I feel like if it looks like last year's with some red zone improvement, I think yeah. that looks, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have been a long-time proponent that I think Kirby probably interjects himself at, at bad times into offensive play calling. What I'd really like to see is him trust his offensive coordinator to get the call right, especially at the goal line. And, you know, if it's not him, if it's the offensive play calling, if it literally is the offensive coordinator, get the points. Don't worry about how much you're manning up on somebody. You know, if you, you want to, you like, bow up on somebody, point the scoreboard in the game, be up by 50. All right, this one comes from Chris Sanders at Sanders CJ. The media narrative seems to be that UGA's 2018 goal line offense issues were Cheney related. Do you guys think Smart was calling those plays? Sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like he. Are y'all in the room? What is going on here? I think it would be funny if you actually was like, no, I don't think Kirby's messed with the stuff at all. I think it was all Cheney, and that's not going to be a problem anymore. I would just be just, just like go full first take on it. Just be like, now I'm saying the opposite because screw off. I don't care. I can I'm, do what I want. I'm not. I'm I've not, got a microphone. I am not particularly good at that. But no, I really think it's just all Cheney. <laughs> I blame Schottenheimer. All right, this one comes from Matthew Blue at Mr. Blue. Hold on, let me see if I can guess what he asked. What did we just talk 84 about? <laughs> at Mr. Blue 84. A big loss. Luke Ford might leave. <laughs> a big loss of juniors. We will go back to being one of the youngest teams in the SEC. He put that in parentheses like as a parenthetical. parenthetical. There we go. Some big name decommits. Another parenthetical coming. One calling Georgia recruiting fake. And our new offensive coordinator. Our new offensive coordinator not being a proven OC anywhere else. I'm not even mentioning Justin Fields' loss. We just did. Is something wrong at UGA? I think this is what we've been discussing about that. I think, uh, listen, I don't think there is, but it's not ideal, right? I think that, like, listen, I I don't think, I think people panic too much about this stuff. I do. But, but, I mean, listen, did they fight to keep Cheney? No, they didn't fight to keep Cheney, but all things being equal, I think they would have preferred if he would have stayed. Did they, were they upset? Uh, did they fight to talk uh, Holyfield out of leaving or talk Harden out of leaving? Maybe, and they would have, would have liked him to stay, probably. But they'll be okay without him. But, like, they're a lesser team now because of these things. It doesn't mean they're not going to be good. It doesn't mean they won't figure it out. It doesn't mean they can't fill those holes. It's just, if you ask them, would you like to have all of those people that left stay? The answer would have to be yes. Yeah. I mean, my take on this is that until we see Georgia not be the best team in the East, even with with people leaving, because we had had people leave in 17. We had a lot of production leave in 17. Georgia's the de facto SEC East favorite going forward. Which is unacceptable unless they beat Alabama. In the, in yeah. The, in the right. Like, right. Right. And, and hey, you know, we. I mean, that's what people are mad about. Like, people are not saying, like, oh, no, we're not going to win the SEC East. Right. Like, we, they're saying, we, like, next, we, we came this close this year. We need to be better next year. And I, we're not. And I was, I was just about to say, I remain in the, pl- in the place where 
I don't think that Georgia is, it no longer scares me to have to play Alabama. It no longer scares me. It just doesn't. And uh, that, again. So they, someone wants the national championship game. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what? We should want Clemson. That's who we should want. Honestly, when does that start happening? If Clemson wins the championship next year, and by the right, by the way, like they'll go into the season number one with a bullet. Yeah, like do do we start doing? We want, we want Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. somebody's going to. We yeah. should do that now. Yeah, Bucknell will do it. Um, all right. So, oh, and just I'd heard the whole Georgia recruiting fake thing. I think that was Jaden Hazelwood. He went to Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Oklahoma had some news because they had. I read that Lincoln Riley had promised their quarterback recruit last name Rattler. Um, that he would not be recruiting any more quarterbacks. And then, you know. Right. Oh, and, yeah, they're taking Hurts. And yeah. they also tried to block him going to West Virginia. Yeah. All right. Coach yeah, so it, it, it's the, the thing is, it's like we're in a microcosm because we're Georgia fans. It's going around everywhere. I mean, it's a new dawn of college football. This is It's changing, and we're all, as fans, just getting used to this new reality of what college football is. And it's going to be more like the pros. And I would argue this is what it should have been all along. I don't and like it. I don't like that players have this freedom. They should be happy to be servants to the entire university. Whatever. It's yeah. Guys, I mean, unless unless we're going to make coaches sit out a year. Right. Yeah. And for the record, for, well, making fun of the SLA is one of my favorite things in the world to do. They are getting a lot better about they are. giving waivers. They're, about like They're just getting better now because they're realizing they, they have a skin. Which brings up a point I like making. Don't get mad, mad at Justin Fields about making whatever reason it takes for him to get a flavor. Be mad at the NCAA that he has to. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely right. All right. This is from Sea Dog Knight. C underscore dog underscore Knight. What are some all-time records y'all think will never, ever be broken? My picks are Pete Maravich's scoring record, John Stockton's assists, steals record, Cal Ripken's consecutive games played record. Well, it's hard because like some records will obviously never be broken because they don't. Even, it's not even really the same yeah. sport. Like Cy Young's five hundred eleven wins is will never ever yeah, ever ever lot. be broken yeah. because like it's hard for people to get to two fifty anymore. Like so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Connie Connie Max Manching. Yeah, like yeah, right, if you're yeah. the owner of the team, right? Yeah. But um, uh, so stuff like that, or you know, a guy starting eighty games in a year in baseball. Baseball has the most of these, right? Mm-hmm. Because baseball has changed so dramatically in the way they I don't, use the I don't, I don't, I mean, I, with the way, who was it? Was it the Rays or maybe the White Sox did the yeah, start of our committee? It was the Rays, yeah. Um, that, there's a possibility yeah, that that guess, comes back. But they, but they, they, they still don't the get the same, win. Yeah, they still don't get the win. You'd need, right. need the same guy to do that. for right. Like a guy can, I guess, win 50 games in a year that way. Yeah. But, um, but I feel like basketball, basketball has such trends. Like basketball in the 70s had tons of points. It was awesome. And then the 80s and 90s, it was all bruising, and they were like 87, 84, and now in the NBA. And now Golden State just scored 51 points in the first quarter. Like, but, but the records just kind of come and go. Football is the same way. For Kyle Love, we used to think that Dan Marino's 48 touchdown passes and passing yards would never, ever be broken. And then Mahomes has And it gets broken 50. like five times, five times a year now. Yeah, so. yeah it's, it's hard to think that some of the, the rushing season records, um, particularly the – Number of carries maybe be approached, but the number of yards, um, that's going to be a tougher one. Teams just don't run the ball the way they used to. So since, Will, since you're such a baseball aficionado, what is a, a, a reachable um, baseball record or, or career record like that that won't be broken but maybe would get 
danced around? Uh, I think the home run record is still not single season, but career. Yeah, I think that's Pools has a chance. Yeah. Uh, like he's been really, really bad the last couple of years, but he's still hitting homers. How old is he? Uh, he's thirty. I mean, he's a terrible baseball player anymore, <laughs> but he's still hitting home runs. Yeah, and so it's not like he's and he's in the runs. AL, so he can just DH. Yeah. And no, that's the problem is that like now they have Otani. Oh yeah, so they got an issue with that. But yeah, generally speaking, yeah, um, I feel like uh, that's one. But hits, that stuff's never going to get broken because that's just not how baseball works anymore. We don't value hits anymore, but they'll always value homers. So I feel like homers are a possibility. So does Bonds technically hold the season at seventy something? All time, yeah, season and all time. Is not just technically? He does. Who, who holds? He who holds the season saves record now? Uh, I think it's. I think it's still. Uh, I thought is it not Francisco Rodriguez? It might be Rodriguez. I feel like someone. Uh, I mean, that's a relatively recent yeah, one, but Diaz it's still a big number. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's a good one. It saves. Uh, though I think there's those people still like to have their saves, dudes. Like Diaz last year. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess he threatened. And but I think that yeah, homers homers are a thing. But like hitting streak, like that's a big number. Right? The Dimaggio hitting streak is like supposedly the great one. Wow, that summer was twenty years ago. What the of, of the McGuire? Bo- the McGuire and Bond. Oh, I, I mean, so so. I know it's twenty years. Wow, I was just sitting here thinking about that. Yeah, that was uh, I, one of my favorite sports stories of that. Is I lived in St. Louis uh, when McGuire hit, hit hit seventy, and uh, I had tickets to the my Arizona Cardinals playing uh, at the St. Louis Rams that day. Uh-huh. Tony Banks was the quarterback <laughs> for the St. Louis Rams. Wow, time. and so I and, and the, both games were downtown. Both yeah. games were happening at the same time, and so. Uh, when Tony, Tony Banks was driving, this is how much uh, St. Louis cares about football as opposed to baseball. Tony Banks was driving down the field. The Rams had an early lead. They were about to score their second touchdown. He's, it's, it's like third goal from the three. And, uh, and he's getting ready to hike the ball. And all of a sudden, the crowd just starts screaming. <laughs> and Banks is like, what? In the, and he got confused and called timeout because McGuire hit the 69th. And so the crowd in the football game just starts losing their minds because everyone's watching it and some sort of bang. Everyone just goes nuts. So Banks gets confused. They end up getting a, they end up getting a five yard penalty. <laughs> they end up not scoring. Arizona comes back and wins the game. It was like the perfect kind of encapsulation. And then I was downtown when he hit seventy. So that yeah, that was twenty years. Um, I, I wrote an op ed for the New York Times uh, a, a couple years ago about this about how I don't understand why people are supposed to be ashamed of enjoying Maguire Sosa home run chase. That's yeah. legitimately one of the best sports things oh, I've ever totally seen. Totally enjoyed yeah. it. And, yeah. uh, and now a lot of times when you see like highlights of that played, it's like, can you believe how innocent we were to be fooled? Like that was awesome. Like that yeah. was a very, very cool thing that I was honored to be a part of it. Yeah, man. 98 was a rough, rough year for me personally. Um, and I remember just, I remember like, Kind of fun, yeah. That 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 summer I yeah. gained out of that summer because of that. Yeah. So yeah, well stuff. Good. All right, here comes a uh, a different question. This is from at Taylor WFUGA. Okay. Uh, he wants to know top, and I'll go ahead and give mine first, and then you can give yours because I know this is going to be important to you. Top three current Athens restaurants for dinner. This is right up my alley. <laughs> oh yeah, Will Will is a, a dining uh, enthusiast around Athens. So I wrote down if you're wanting a nice dinner, like you and the misses going out for uh, you know like on a nice Thursday or Friday night, maybe with some friends, you can't lose with the National. Peter Dale is the chef and owner there. He's a great guy, um, and they do interesting food. And for you know, it's uh, their hanger steak is is really really good. And I never have eaten dates 
except <laughs> at the national and they they're, like their dates. they're, they're interesting in, and good. In Tiffany's bacon dates. No, those are, yes. those are good too. So that, that would be my top level. My mid level, um, if it's cold, I'd go to trapeze, um, or high wire, which is kind of married mm-hmm. to the two. The, the French fries with the raspberry ketchup is phenomenal. Um, if you I like the little sliders, like the, little sliders. the sliders are great. I'm like a huge man. Yeah. Maybe this little bitty hamburgers. <laughs> And then if you do, and if it's nice, like spring, like say eight months of the year when it's lovely weather in the evening, uh, I definitely would go over to Ted's Most Best because their pizza and their outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny they have a sandbox there. It started when they opened that restaurant. It was a bocce ball court, and yep. then quickly the kids took it over, and now they just kind of owned it and put a bunch of toys in there. Uh, and then if you are with the kids. Hands down, Cali and Tito's on the east side yeah, with all great. the dangerous uh, equipment, old equipment yeah, that you can none play of on. those things work, by the way. Some of them don't do. Don't put quarters in there. It's a trap shoot. Some it's, work and some It's don't. great food. It's a great ambiance. Uh, and it's right there on Cedar Shoals Drive. Uh, so Cali and Tito's. Those are my three. So yeah, I, Will. Love the, I love the regular Cali and Tito's as well. Yeah, yes. It's right by my house. Yeah. It's right, it's right by, uh, we, we love to, but my sons and I just went there today when I picked them up from school. And uh, we, we park at the school and walk mm-hmm. through the gate and go right there because they go to Barrow. Um, so I, take the take the same approach. Okay, well, when it comes again, when it comes to like, kids, I'm just gonna go to the three places I like to like. When I have a night to go out to dinner, it's not Waffle House. Whether I no, not freaking Waffle House. Um, but uh, I mean, just go to the diner downtown. Um, anyway, so uh, the three places. Well, if I'm either like I'm out with my wife, or I have a friend in town, that I want to show them. Uh, when I first got here, I was so excited to go to five and ten all the time. I never go to five and ten anymore. I have to say, I don't actually think the food is that great anymore. And I also feel like it's become unnecessarily fancy and expensive. It's become a place that I think is kind of coasted on its reputation. And it's awesome ambiance. I love eating in a house like that. I really kind of, but but I don't actually think the food is that. I prefer actually going to the bar. I think the bar is actually a better vibe than. Uh, I don't think the food is. I'll put it this way: if you're going to charge fifty dollars for a steak, you need to be like a steak place. And they're not a steak place. They just have an unusually expensive steak. So 5 and 10 is not on that list, which is something I would have never thought because I loved 5 and 10 was one of the things I was very excited when I first got here. I would also put the National number one. I think you really kind of can't go wrong uh, with the National. But then uh, two and three, I think in either order you want to go to. Uh, last resort provisions. Actually. Oh, that I is actually a good one. prefer provisions to the actual last resort. Oh, you're I'm right. A five points guy, so that I have home field advantage in that, that regard, uh, as you'll see with my third pick as well. But I. I actually want to be likes provisions a little bit more. I also find the vibe a little bit more intimate. You know, it's a little quieter. It's a little less hectic being downtown. So I like I like provisions a lot. And the third is uh, Donna Chang's, which is the newest oh, edition. Yeah. Donna Chang's is really really good. I recommend uh, the uh, the beef. The beef is uh, probably uh, the beef and the uh, and the dumplings are probably the best way to go. I, I also love the name Donna Chang's. Of course, the reason they have the name Donna Chang's is because it is a Asian restaurant run by white people, which is, of course, Donna Chang's. Donna Chang was the woman on Seinfeld. That's why it's called Donna Chang's. Because Donna Chang was, char- was the character on Seinfeld who everybody thought she was Asian because her name was Donna Chang, <laughs> and she wasn't. So that's why I thought it was a very clever name for a restaurant. So uh, Don- I was, those are probably in that order. I might put Donna Chang's second, but probably National Donna Chang's last year. Um, Tony's been sitting there silently and nodding in approval, but it sounds like he's going to yeah. come with something. He's like, East Side Waffle House. Uh, so there's no East Side Waffle House. Yes, there is. Um, it's just right by the, uh, right by, uh, we get on the loop. The one on the loop? Yeah. That's the Waffle House by the loop. What's that? That's the Waffle House by the loop. It's, it's by the East Side. Okay. <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> I'm not debating. First off, you call the grill the diner downtown. Um, <laughs> That's the diner fine. Downtown. So um, I, I agree with Scott uh, and you about Calentitos with the kids. That's that is our go-to with the kids. Uh, although our kids are now old enough, I'm not taking them to. I'm not taking five or ten of the national, but. Um, I am. I am going to give the nod to LRG provisions uh, yeah. uh, over over the national, and, and the main reason why is like uh, the it's just a little. It's a little. I like the vibe a little more. Yeah. The, the food vibe. is the food is just as good. Look, if you if someone says I have one night in Athens, I want a quintessential Athens meal. I need to know they're open. I need to know I can get in the place. I'm going to say go to the last resort, right? But. It's just last resort. It, I, I don't want to call it. I'm not calling it tired. I'm not calling it anything. But it's it very much the way it was when it opened when right. I was in law school in '92, right. which is great. I which love is, that. Alexis says the same thing. Yeah, it's I love that. Um, but LRG, they do interesting menu. They're meeting three on two. Is it Tuesday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is awesome. They they kind of rotate the menu a little bit, uh, which is one of the reasons I like it more than National. And the National is fine. Uh, National fine. The National is really good. It's just I just like the vibe. I of get LRG. it. I get it. Um, you know, and, and I would would say the National is is second. Um, you know, as far as my third place goes, like the the warm weather place, um, I you know. I've been to Donna Chang's. Uh, we keep meaning to go, and every time we go, the, the line's out the door. Um, they're, um, go early. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, early. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I am, I'm also a Ted Most Best fan, um, but I, I like, um, like if I'm just going to go somewhere and, and grab a quick bite, I love, um, oh, God, I can't even think of the name of the place. World Famous. Um, just a, like a quick downtown it has really interesting things. They have poutine. They have um, they have like homemade corn dogs, which is kind of my thing. Um, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is we, you could ask me tomorrow, and I'm going to have a whole different ranking because, <laughs> or not the first two, but the, Athens is a, such a great food town. Like, there's literally 50 really good places. Like, like the reason Taqueria del Sol is awesome. Right. Yeah. The reason I was quiet the whole time was like, Big City okay, Brand where would awesome. I put yeah. this? Yeah. I mean, where would I put this one? Like, I love Georgia's Low Country. Yeah. Right. I mean, as far as brunch goes, that's a go-to brunch for us. Um, we just just love that place. Um, but you know, the brunch at the Porterhouse is really good. The brunch at Last Resort is really good. Um, even White Tiger. I mean, we could spend a whole. Oh my time. gosh! Yes. We could do a whole. We could do a whole podcast. We should on barbecue joints. Also, if you're talking lunch, Marty's at Midday. Marty's at Mi- incredible place to go. Marty's at Midday is really good. Um, it's not really a barbecue joint, but the Pulaski Heights barbecue is good. Um, so you know there. There are a number of you like the question. The way I read the question is like, I'm not unwilling to spend money, and it's just me and my significant other going out to, to a nice yes. dinner. Yes. Where should I go? Yes. But if like if if you're not a fancy dinner place, go to Plasky Heights or, or White Tiger, or go to Taquiera de Sol, or go to Calentitos. You'll be just as happy. Like like I'm I'm not like high wire and trapeze. It's not really my scene because I prefer bourbon to beer, but the food's good and mm-hmm. the atmosphere's fun. So go. When we go there, plenty of times we're going to a show at the Forty Watch just because it's closed. Um, yeah. It's such a great food town, and, 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 and I'm, trust me, I'm a fat guy. I know, I know food. And that, yeah, that's why I kind of that's why I kind of I didn't mean to like tear down five and ten. But no, like, I, I agree with you about five. I love when, five and ten. But when I talk to people from New York, and they're always like, "Oh, oh five, five and, five and 10. ten. I'm like, "Yeah, that's actually yeah. not where you want to go." Yeah. Yeah. Like and I love Hugh Aitchison. I love five and ten, but I think you're right. I think they're coasting a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not as good as Empire State. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Underrated place you've probably never been is the eleventh pin at Showtime Bowl. Oh yeah. Because the pine yeah. 
cooks yeah. there. Yeah. They're, if you ever want chicken fingers, I like for the record. For the record, I don't like the root. People go to the root all the right. time. I don't like the root. The root's a little bit too of a like. It feels like everyone in there just secretly just really wants to play golden tea all the time. Oh, what's wrong with that? that? It's yeah. just that's not my vibe. Oh yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah. It will be. It's not my vibe. I like, I like the root because I it's quieter. Never, I was in a fraternity, so like I don't. I didn't really do a lot of that stuff. But I, I like the root because it's quieter. The pine. Yeah, and I, but I, I do like the pine. I went to the pine with my wife before the Kentucky game. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the pine. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to branch also, out. Also, there's a Mexican place, by the way, opening up in Five yes. Points, by the way. Yes, really? Yeah, there's, a Mexican place, there's a new Mexican place opening in the house right next to where the Waffle House used to be. Awesome. There's, there's, there's yeah. the building over there. I think the Waffle House is actually going to be something, I think it's going to be a chain thing. Yeah, like it's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's okay. So, yeah, one other thing. If <laughs> we don't want chains in Five if, Points. If you're, yeah. bran- if you're branching out, there's actually, in in Watkinsville, there's a couple of really good restaurants. The the folks that, uh, like, Sabor Latino. Nature Pub, Sabor Latino, um, Taquero, Pandera. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. And frankly, I, I like I like um, Dominic's, and the, it's just yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, we will move on because no, we have to. Um, all right, so here is. Remember when you said this one was going short? Oh, we're we're still okay. We're we're not even close to being our longest podcast yeah, that's ever. The, that's that's, that's uh, the, I, I'm the one who edited it. This I said, Dostoevsky's books are really yeah. short. <laughs> all right, this is from at Clem's tweets. Clem. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, thought, he, I thought you were about he, to say he something. He at Harvard, of all places. Really? Real. Yeah. He'd be a good guy to have on the podcast. I, I'm glad you brought that up. That, that'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I have a friend that punted at um, Furman. Okay. Does that count? Yeah, it's, it's the Harvard of He Granville. listens, too. He actually has a waiting since last Saturday t-shirt. It's the Harvard of Greenville. I know. Yeah. All right. So Clem says, we're all old hats here, but if you were going to start over and could park or tailgate anywhere, forget Hartman Fund Foundation donation Ooh. levels... For a UGA game, where would you choose? Consider access, distance to Sanford, weather, etc. So I'll go ahead and answer first because I know you're going to have an answer. I thought about this and I wrote down 191 Lumpkin Street. That was the old Sigma Chi house and it is now demolished. It's basically maybe like a three wood from Bolton Dining Hall up Lumpkin. And um, yeah, and so we'd tailgate there at the Sigma Chi house because it's on North Campus, kind of, but you can still see the stadium and you could have bands there. And the weather, if it was raining, you had bathrooms or anything. Second, I'd put North Campus, maybe Myers Quad, or if, if there were no rules, I'd say, why don't you just tailgate on Sanford Bridge? <laughs> That'd be the best spot. Yeah. If there were no rules, let's tailgate on the sideline. Right. So I, I probably would, and this is a long-term plan if I can talk my wife into it, is to to get a house somewhere in the Springdale neighborhood or maybe really close to Foley Field and tailgate there. Just because it's it has everything you need. You don't have to drive anywhere. You get to be close. You have bathrooms. It's a short walk to the stadium. What about his house? Um, it's, so it's just, it's it's fine. I don't want to invite ourselves to Wheelhouse to tailgate. Yeah. One, plus it's a little bit of a haul. I yeah. mean... Yeah. It's closer to basketball. It's much closer to basketball, which is where we tailgate now. So, What would your answer be? I, you know, I think, uh, I mean, midfield would be ideal. Yeah. Uh, right. But uh, uh, I have to say, uh, Tony, uh, we've talked about this before. Like, you know, I know Tony because he invited me to tailgate when I first moved here. And I always loved that. Uh, like, I went to that tailgate before I'd ever been to a basketball game. Mm-hmm. I used to look inside segment and be like, I wonder, because I remember I'm a college basketball guy, so I would like look in segment and be like, wow, I wonder what it's going to be like and that. I would be tailgating at this, but it's like, oh yeah, I guess there's football going on here later. But uh, I was just so excited. So to be near segment is actually one of my favorite places to kind of be around. Yeah, I was just about to say, I, I can't argue with our spot. No, you have I mean, a good the, spot. The, the one thing, the only thing that I would like that would make our spot just a little easier is if I could park closer. 
Yep. Right. If I could park and right beside the tailgate. In the last couple of years. It is. Right? It used to be. I mean, five yeah. years ago, we could park right across the street. So. All right. Last uh, Twitter question. This is from Eli Brown at dogs underscore luck. Is Eli coming? I don't know. Which heralded quarterback had a bigger, longer lasting impact on the UGA program? Jacob Eason, Justin Fields, or Bryce Ramsey? Ooh. Ray Godfellas, Ray Bryce Ramsey. To be honest, the probably the quarterback that had uh, the most lasting um, impact on Georgia football was Fatal Balta because he was started in the Florida Ooh. game. And uh, more than those three guys, like if they're like when that happened. That changed the course of Georgia football history forever. Yep. That's good content. I can't argue with that. Yeah, no, that's right. All right, we'll get into my 10 questions. Okay. These are just kind of all over the board. We're going to keep it at five minutes apiece. Yeah. Per, so here's what per I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to read the question. I'm going to give my answer so it gives you time to think because y'all have not seen these questions, right? Agreed. And these are, there's no gotcha questions in we'll here at all. Out. All right. We'll be the judge of that. So, what profession other than your own? Would you like to attempt? My answer that I wrote down was I would like to attempt being an orthopedic surgeon just because I did that in a past life for four years where I was a, a spine uh, sales rep where I would go into the operating sell room spines. and sell screws and plates for ACDFs or posterior fusions and everything. So I was like, I can do that. I mean, it's just like carpentry on the spine, but uh, it's not because these uh, guys are highly educated and everything. But yeah, that would be my yeah, and answer. The body's nerve center runs right down the middle. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I want to be a rock star. I, don't, I think that seems very obvious. Uh, I've always have been afraid that if I ever actually learned how to play guitar, I would just quit everything I was doing and just play Nirvana and Wilco songs and just on the street for quarters. So, uh, that's, that's okay, well, I think that's well taken. But um, yeah, it's covered. I would and be. Also, I have no skill in, in this regard. At um, I would be a major league baseball umpire. Oh yeah, that's a good. You would be a great major league baseball umpire. You would be a good umpire. So, yeah. That's, that's a good. good that is a long harbored. Yeah. Um, as far, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of regrets about my life. That's a long harbored regret. You know, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I know this is. I'll be very quick about this. And I feel terrible. So I've forgotten the guy's name. But uh, just to prove that I am not like some like leftist weirdo, the guy, uh, Rowe, I think his name was Jeff Rowe. Uh, he ran Ted Cruz's campaign, and he became a political strategist because he at first he was a baseball umpire. That was all he wanted. He was a minor league umpire for years and years and years, and just couldn't quite break through, and gave it up and became a political consultant, a very powerful one, a very talented, very smart, very good one for Ted Cruz, who is not particularly charismatic and almost became president. So obviously he had a pretty good political... Uh, Did he uh, run uh, his campaign against Beto? Uh, no, uh, no, he's at, he's at, he's at he's oh, okay. the presidential campaign. I got you. And, um, and for the record, he's, he beat Beto. And yeah. It was close. So it was. Beto's really talented. So uh, Ted Cruz is a good politician. I'm beside the point. The point is, is that like I, th- I interviewed him about this one time because he knew Deadspin and he knew I was a, I was a baseball guy. He's like, I think about, uh, like, I'm at the top of my field right now. I'm doing the best I could possibly do. And every single day, I feel like I should not have quit and I should have been a baseball umpire. So I understand that. It's a great book by a writer named Bruce Weber, not, for, not, the, not the, the gay photographer and not the former Illinois basketball coach. Uh, there's a third Bruce Weber. Who's not the same person. Yeah, not the same person. I, I remember when my dad first got on the internet and Bruce Weber was still the coach of Illinois. He like went to Bruce Weber. Just a bunch of like muscular dude asses flying around his face. It was pretty awesome. Um, anyway, but I've got to ask Brian about Bruce that. Bruce Weber is a former Illinois basketball coach, just so you know. He's also a uh, very well-paid gay photographer. But also, there was a Bruce Weber that wrote for the New York Times who wrote a great book about umpires, uh, that, about kind of the life of umpires yeah. and like how difficult it is in the minor leagues. 
And um, oh, I've read like all of Ron Luciano's books. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I got a question for what would your punch out look like? You know, on a called strike three. You know how like John McSherry had his famous. And- um, it would be the full stop, step back, starting a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think the key thing though is to do it fast. There's the only, the only home plate strikeout I don't like is the pause. Wait, what's the call? And then they do the strikeout. Right. If you're, you if, do, you're, if you're doing yeah. like, like if you don't if you don't punch out punch them out punch them out don't pause you just do a standard out call like yeah. bring it up right. here right. ha just real fast bring it fast. All right. On a scale of one to ten, how weird are you? I gave myself. <laughs> Wait, a minute, is one the most weird or least weird? I don't know. However you want to do it, I put no, myself. What, what, the, 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 I think it's important. Yeah, we need to know. <laughs> least, least, tens the most. Most weird. I put a five. Okay. And I based it on my eating habits okay. because uh, it's very well documented. I've said it a couple times on this podcast. I eat like a six year old. Um, I eat one thing at a time. I save my favorite part of my meal last. So whatever I don't find is interesting, I go ahead and eat first, and then I make my way around the plate. Like if it's a meat and three. So you eat the peas and carrots first, and then you move the Salisbury steak, then you eat the potatoes, and then you eat the brownie. Exactly. Sometimes the brownie comes third or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm weird in the way I eat. What kind of hungry man do you get that has something better than a brownie? <laughs> well, and, and I'm also I'm also not afraid to just, for lunch, just be like, eh, I'll just have a protein shake, you know, and just drink that and then move on from dinner. See, I, I find it odd that like the, your definitions of like weirdness are all food related. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I don't know. We I mean, should talk like, about, we should talk about that. Like yeah. sometimes I think sheep are hot. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like weird things can come out. Sheep you know, are hot. Weird, <laughs> I was just keeping it one singular thing. I don't need, I don't need the 10 reasons why you're weird. Um, I always think of a, uh, this question. I always think of, uh, what's your, what's your number? Uh, well, hang on. I'm, okay. Uh, okay. Down. I always think of the, the movie, a uh, punch truck love by Paul Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. where, uh, uh, Barry Egan, I believe his name, the character that Adam Sandler plays. Yes, and um, and uh, one of the, uh, the the what the man married to married to his uh, one of his sisters says, Barry, do, do you like do you feel like there's something wrong with you? And he says, I I don't know because I don't know how other people are, <laughs> and I feel like that's like a really great way to think. Like I think I'm perfectly normal in every possible way right. because I'm me. So I, I think the way that I am is normal. Yeah. Apparently others disagree, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I would say zero. I think I'm completely normal though. Uh, I, I can't speak to what everybody else thinks. None. None. Yeah. Of how, how weird you are. Okay. He's been wearing the gimp costume the entire. That's right. The entire he, I mean, like he I, is Chad. I mean, I, mean, I am Chad. Honestly, I, 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 I this is like Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time we don't talk about Fight Club. Sorry, sorry, shit. Sorry. Okay. I mean, first, but, but that's but that's but that's the no, but that's the that's the where my nom de clour a nom de plume. Yeah, of course, right? of course, of course. Fine. So, um, I I actually I didn't want to take Will's because I I feel the same way. I was like I don't really think of myself as weird because I'm just me. Um, I think. If you were to ask other people, they'd say I'm not, which I'm cool with. I don't care. I think you're funny. I am funny. You are funny. Funny like a fox. And, and I like sheep. All right. So sometimes. here's the next one. <laughs> what? The shorn? What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. What are you not very good at? Uh, so... I put down that I'm not a good dancer at all. And the reasons I give is because I, I think that dancing requires some sort of muscle memory. 
Uh, I don't, I can't do it. And I think that that's why I've given up golf because I'm not a good ball striker. I cannot get in the same position with my right elbow at the same time. Uh, I can't do double unders in CrossFit. Uh, I think that has something to do with it. And, um, you know, plenty of other things. I'm, I'm perfectly coordinated, but I am a terrible dancer. Uh, I'm also a bad dancer, but uh, there's just so many other things that I am worse at that I am worse than that. Um, uh, I I always thought it would be a uh, this is a horrible skill to have as a journalist, but I am really really bad at remembering not only names but faces and generally speaking, like I would be the world's worst police witness. I would witness a crime and be like, "Well, like, every, so, everyone's the world's worst police." Yeah, witness. like I, 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 they, they, I, I could literally watch a person. And, uh, and unless they like came up to me and wrote down their name and what they look like and took a picture of themselves and gave it to me, and then I studied that for a long time, I would never be able to. I, I have no situational memory. I, I, I can remember the names of every player on like the 83 Orioles, but I cannot remember people that are the, that are the parents of my kids' friends. <laughs> and uh, so, so I think that that's, that's probably the thing I'm the worst at. Spelling. Yeah. So if you were typing, you'd need that Grammarly product. That I am not good pitches. at. I'm not good at spelling. Never have been. All right. What is your favorite Southern phrase? Uh, one that I grew up with, and one that I still use today is "that dog won't hunt." Yeah. I like that dog. That's from JFK too. I, saw, I used to use "that dog won't no hunt" because that's a that's a phrase they use in JFK. I always like really like that phrase. The second one I picked is uh, "finer than a frog's hair split three ways." It's, uh, I've heard from a couple of uh, people, and I don't really use that one, but that always makes you cock your head to the side and think. And basically, it means that it's uh, somebody really good looking or or something done well. It could have any kind of connotation. Yeah, uh, I feel like I, I I have to abstain on this one. You're from I, Southern Illinois. It's fine. Yeah, uh, but the main thing we have in my family. Well, what's your local phrase? Your favorite local phrase you grew up with in Southern Illinois? Um, let's see. Uh, we call uh, the thing that you put your soap on to clean yourself in the uh, bath uh, wash rag. Mm-hmm. Wash. That's a wash rag. Wash rag. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. I got an uncle that says wash. Yeah, as a wash rag. Uh, I still will call it that forever. <clears throat> Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, there's a few phrases, but the problem is the thing with phrases like this is I won't know them until like they, they come up from myself. Sure. Just sure. like things I've just been saying forever and they'll be like, Oh, right. That's a, that's a, that's a weird, uh, that's a, that's a weird thing. Yeah. I was sitting here thinking the same thing. I was like, I, I don't, you have to listen to me talk for five yeah. minutes. I don't know. Um, I, they do come up when I go home. Like mm-hmm. when I go back to Illinois, like it's funny because, you know, I already hear my boys having a little bit of an accent. They've got a little bit of an accent when they talk <clears> and, Alexa, I mean, when she, my wife, when she was in New York, at first I heard her accent, and then I stopped. Yeah, hearing she's it. real southern, and and then I, I stopped hearing it. Mm-hmm. And everyone in New York would be like, "Dude, you got that southern wife." And I just, I don't even, I literally don't hear her accent right. anymore, except when she would go back to Columbus, and then she would have it. And she says, "When I go back to Mattoon, I started saying like, I reckon I'm going to give that war track. and like, it really kind of comes out and like, it's not really, it's it's not so much. Um, an accent as it is like pigeon English. <laughs> like it's just a, a series of grunts and verbals. Uh, so, but uh, I, I don't know actual phrases, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Bless Your Heart and um, in all the iterations. Um, I, I do have a tendency to use four wheel drive, like, you know, four wheel drive mean, four wheel drive crazy, four wheel drive ugly, <laughs> four wheel drive pretty, like I to mean like. Really, um, <laughs> that's good. That's so good. but I mean, I, look, I my my father is a world class 
like so you know, you've met Paul you've heard me talk about Paul um, you know one of the things that he first knows he's like he tried to get what, what you know I talk about southernisms but he's like so the trick here is you try you personify an animal and then you put them <laughs> in a situation where they're not doing anything and he's like you know crazy as a four-eyed squirrel running through like no you're trying too hard no you don't need a bunch of adjectives it's just like it needs to be like evocative but it also needs to like you kind of nail the moment and uh, like, you know, it, it scares a cat in a room full of rocking chairs or nervous a horn church or, you know, if, uh, like it goes over like a fart in church. I'm going to say all those things relatively regularly, <laughs> not the horn church thing because I'm, I'm trying to evolve. But um, the, but, <laughs> as, as I said it four times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like nervous as like a financial embezzler. Yes. As nervous as somebody in the room with the president of, 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 of Russia, but yeah. you know, no translator. Yeah, right. um, yes, exactly. the, no, that's not Southernism, but you know, I, I mean, I think, I think bless. I, I will have to say, bless, bless your heart in the iterations of bless your heart, because I do say, I do look at people. Sometimes like, oh, you're so pretty. Um, you know, what I mean, like, bless your heart. <laughs> right, right. No, that's a good one. Give me something that you believe is true, or is true that almost nobody agrees with. So my answer. So, I'll hear your example because I'm not quite sure where you're going. Well, okay. So yeah, my example, and this is a very innocuous. Like the moonshot is fake. That's sure, what I think. sure. Okay. But my example is very innocuous, very just kind of you know middle of the road. I think the the Nintendo 64 gaming system is the greatest gaming console ever to this day. No, who, no matter. Who doesn't believe that. Well, I know, but you know, you've got my kids, and they're arguing over the fact that oh, we need an Xbox S One or the Switch or you know this Fortnite thing, and I'm like, guys. You don't understand it. The Nintendo 64 had this center joystick, and it had a three-pronged controller, and the greatest game ever was James Bond Goldeneye and or Mario Kart for N64. And that's all you needed to play, and you'd be happy with it. And it still stands to this day as the best. And when I read that statement, I believe that's true, but I think that almost nobody would agree with me. Maybe except you, Tony. Um, I think uh, my thing is if... uh if you start feeling sick, just pretend you're not and work through it, and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> For the record, I know I'm wrong about that. I just believe it. That, that, that answers the question. I, I've been a dude, this, real quick, last Trump thing, but this is a good one, who actually told me, he's like, I don't know, man. I, I just kind of feel like that whole Trump thing of, like, you only have so many heartbeats, so, like, don't exercise because that's, you know, have you heard this is yeah, exercise, yeah, yeah. is that you don't, if you don't exercise because you only have so much energy, so you don't want to waste it. And on one hand, I, I always assume, I would, like, even people that like Trump would be like, oh, basically, we know he's just full of crap about that. But then actually have the guy be like, I don't know, I feel like that works. I'm like, yeah, I feel like you're just excusing that. That's a hard question, maybe, because I am, um, I'm slowly beholden to reason. And, um, but the the one thing I will say is that I am one hundred percent convinced that I am too heavy to walk over grates in cities. <laughs> That's interesting. I like some of the No, I just I mean it's uh, it, it, it's hard for me to admit this, but it's hundred percent. And I, look, you believe I'm, that to be true, and probably nobody look, would agree. With you. Like, look, I'm, I, mean, I, I am like I'm a big <laughs> dude, but I'm not 600 pounds, right? right? I'm, I am. I mean, for, for the record, those would hold you if you were 600 pounds. You and I both know that, <laughs> but my mind doesn't. So, yeah, I think that's that's yeah, the thing. Right. Like, I don't, I, I actively avoid greats. I'm, I'm a joy to walk behind in New York. I mean, <laughs> like Alexa's, like, I mean, Alexa's, like one. 15, 120, and she won't walk over this. Yeah. 
So I, I don't. I don't think I do that. I, I mean, I that's really never do been conscious. Like walking down the Fifth <laughs> Avenue. All right. So, uh, room, desk, or car? Which do you clean first? Mine. I'd clean my desk first. Then I'd clean my room, and my car gets cleaned probably twice a year. I am uh, that precise order. Um, room, car, desk. I clean my desk at the end of every semester. My my desk is that's the one immaculate thing I have. What are y'all's, dear listeners? All right, I can't, uh, can't hear uh, that's right. Well, we thought they were How in the room. How do we know? I mean. <laughs> They, they were tweeting right at us after our questions, yeah. our answers. All right. So what alive celebrity whom you haven't met Pearson. would you like to meet it's an old school, like, and have a drink or a conversation with Pearson. I couldn't come up with one. I thought maybe like Will Smith or something like that. Cause he seems really cool and has been for like 25 years and now he's doing YouTube and uh, you know, they're about to film bad boys three. So that would be awesome. I don't really want to. I'm I, not. I'm not much of a celebrity like yeah, I'm person. Not either. I, I would. I would. Um, it's hard to find someone that writes that strike meets that strike zone of someone I'm curious about, but someone I don't admire too much that I will be disappointed if I don't like them when I meet them. That's really that's the sweet spot. Well, plus, you're interviewing a lot of celebrities on your show. And yeah, you've met but a lot like of I mean, the, I, I've read this before. Like to me, the celebrity, the only people I get like nervous to interview are like other writers. Like I get nervous to interview them because I, I like I have there's like I like Leah Thompson and she's great, but I have no we do not operate exists on the same physical plane. She does something so different than me that I'm just like curious what her life is like. Whereas interviewing another writer, I'm like, hey, you wrote that piece that was better than me. Please stop doing that. Um, well, I'm going to always say only person, but um, <laughs> the but that's just 20 year old Tony. I did. The, um, She's an attractive woman. She is an attractive woman. Um, I mean that objectively. Oh, yeah. And by no means in like demeaning her as a person. I got you. I got you. Um, there's actually a couple of there's a couple of, of writers that I, I I like really think a lot of. Um, that's hard. That's a hard question because I, I agree with Will. Like there's sometimes you meet people and you come to find out they're not a nice person or they're just like they're they're whatever it is they're good at is a facade and not in a facade in a bad way. It's just like it presents a different structure. Like I mean I've long said I would I would love to go. I mean, I'd go to Vegas with Charles Barkley tomorrow. So, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Barkley just because he's a he seems like a genuine and funny guy. Um, oh, you and him at the craps table, even though be... he went to Auburn. Um, you know, so like, there's a couple of couple of writers I really like. Uh, Angela Duckworth just you know, she recently wrote a book called Grit that I just like somebody really smart, somebody that would just like I feel like I could learn from. I, I basically want to suck information from people i'm a i'm a, I'm a user um and i just that that would be the interesting part to me okay i mean if prince were still alive the answer would be prince but. <laughs> yeah this that was a, a live celebrity all right what is your favorite 1990s song 80 degrees sunny sunroof open in athens kind of song so i wrote 90s, mine my, 90s 90s, 90s. See, this is weird for me because like the 90s music is not about it's sunny not sun. and, like, <laughs> no. it's about, well it's the one i'm gonna give i listen to and yeah, my, mine was "Interstate Love Song" by Stone Temple Pilots. You took the one I had. <laughs> um, I'll, I, okay, go ahead, Will, because I have. Oh, I mean, I, I can't. Uh, if the answer, if it's is not sunny, sunny, yeah, song, I have a sunny, I, I have a sunny I song. Have song. I have a sunny song because I love '90s music specifically because it's all about it's supposed to be 
when it's raining. Like it's supposed to be raining and miserable, and you're realizing the futility of life, and that, we're all, that it doesn't mean anything. That's oh, why my question, it. somehow it just morphed. It said dreary when it's winter time, but grungy 90s song. It just changed. So, so Okay, good, okay. I'm happy to help yeah. out that. I generally like uh, um, uh, sarcasm from music, and 90s were really great at that. So probably anything from like like early level Nirvana, late level pavement uh, are, are like my structure for me. Um, if it's a sunny day, I, I, I like some of the, the, the crappy, bad pop rock songs like Possum King or whatever. Um, Possum yeah. Kingdom by the Toadies. Yeah, yeah. And let me clear. I, I know exactly what that song's about and how not awesome it is, but... You know, you asked this. Yes, like, sure. Like how about flagpole sitter? Oh, flag that's a good one. Yeah, Harvey Danger. Good one. I'll right. give him that one. Yeah, I'll I mean those. Yeah. So, but I'm with Will. I mean, like yeah. the '90s, in with the exception of like some really early, um, like Uncle Tupelo or whatever. Even Uncle Tupelo's music was a little dark. Yeah. Um, but is is really more about. You know, I'm sitting aside and I hate life and life sucks and I'm mad at everybody. Well, that's one of the reasons broke up, right? Is right, the right. Was not like like, that, that wasn't his thing. Yeah, but. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, two more. What was the last program you watched on regular TV and why did you choose to watch it? Mine's easy because last week I caught myself watching the match game <laughs> on NBC with Alec Baldwin. I'd never seen it before and I kind of liked it because. He was so uh, and, agnostic and, about being there and vocal about it. I found that kind of uh, humorous. And, you know, I've always liked Alec Baldwin in his movies. And he just, he's good at being Alec Baldwin. And I, I found that kind of enjoyable. Um, now, does it have to be like flipping around? Or not, like yeah, yeah. Song? You're flipping around and you and, just kind of. And not t or record. Right. Not um, just, just, and not Netflix or anything like that. Uh, okay. Oh, geez. I don't actually even know if I have an answer to this. Like it's either sports or it's something. I've right. No, it, that's why it's hard. Oh, I'm Can sure. I, say that I really like Rose, the, the, the Connors, the, the 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 Roseanne show without Roseanne. I have to say, I deeply love it. Like it's weird. Like it's not cool. That's your it's answer. It's not the good place. It's not Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's not hip. But I actually like deeply love that show. Um, I'm sure it was some like call the midwife or other nonsense my in laws had on at Christmas. Um, <laughs> call the midwife. Yeah, yeah. Is that like Discovery Channel or something? No, it's uh, like Annie. It's a, it's a um, masterpiece classic show on oh. um, public television. Gotcha. Um, yeah, wow. And tell me, I hadn't like. No, it's it's not easy because you know if yeah, you are watching TV, it's sports. Was, or, it was. Did you write about The Sopranos recently? Yeah, I wrote my newsletter. Okay, I was trying to think. I remember you talking about The Sopranos yeah. and how it was appointment viewing. And, yeah. and I never saw The Sopranos. I've never yeah. seen other than the first episode on Netflix or Amazon, actually, right. on The Sopranos yeah. uh, because I didn't have HBO. And I was like, when's the last time I can think of when something was actually appointment viewing? And it's been a really, oh, yeah. really long time. I still do it with, it's really just better called Saul. It's probably yeah. the only show I watch at the point of view yeah. anymore. I, well, I think everyone's going to be doing Game of Thrones in April. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I think <clears> it's probably the last one left Yeah, when people do that. I mean, but even like even like Archer and things like that, yeah. that I still watch or we record. Yeah. Okay. All right, last question. What was your first piece of tech? Oh, I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> that blew your mind after you left college. So this is probably 1990s tech. Uh, and so mine was easy when I when it's actually early 2000s, but we'll, we'll leave it at that because I graduated in 2000. So mine was a Palm Pilot. And I was fascinated by the fact that you could just use these weird characters that you had to draw with the with the stylus on it. But here's the funny thing about it. I was thinking like, yeah, I've got my news right here. You had to hook it up and download the news 
unhook it and then take it and then you could read the archived news right there. And this was like 2000 to 2002. Um, it really is to me is the iPod, the idea that I had this massive CD collection that I had really spent since like maybe my freshman year of high school cultivating on Napster taking care of. No, no, no. I'm like my CD. Like I got oh, yeah. CD and you, you ripped them up to, no, 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 just hang on. Okay. And like, uh, like I, like I had spent so much of my life, like caretaking my collection and making sure it was alphabetized. Like my CD collection was my pride. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, literally every album I've ever cared about, I could put on this little tiny little wheel and carry around with me any, wherever I want to go. That blew my mind. Now, of course, <coughs> in the idea of like stream, like now in a Spotify world and streaming world, it's even, it's much more even infinite than I can imagine. But it just absolutely blew my mind that every single CD I ever had and just my wall, like I had, that was the first thing I did at time I moved to a new apartment was where am I putting my CD wall? Where, like, that was all I really cared about. CD wall and my bookshelves. And then I realized, wow, like, it will all go on this little tiny device that doesn't even connect anywhere. All I have to do is just, like, connect it to my computer. I, 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 remember, I remember taking all of my CDs and putting them on to my iTunes and then transferring them over to my iPod. Where are your CDs now? Oh, they're long. Yeah. Long. Are you going to have that, that, that moment where you teach William or Wynn about... Like dad used to have these CDs. We, well, we walked past Wuxtree uh, after his basketball practice at Method because he was ba- he was basketball at uh, the church in Wuxtree's right by there. We walked by Wuxtree rec- Records and just to like like I was like okay, so William, those round things like that is like that makes music. He's like oh like your phone. I'm like right. no, not like my phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, so uh, the idea that like anytime they hear a song, they're like hey daddy just. Take out the it? thing yeah. that you're staring at all the time and make <clears throat> the music happen is just a good sign of how different it is now. Yeah, I still have all my CDs. Yeah. So, um, I, Does it have to be a hard piece of hardware technology or can it be more ethereal? Whatever. Okay, so um, because I'm what, eight years older than you, seven years older than I'm you. I'm 43. So. so seven years older than you, um, nine years older than you? Yeah, that'll work. How old are you? 42. Okay, eight years older than you. Yeah. Um, I had... I had prodigy in law school um, and the idea that I could um, download um, stuff online right I'm I got the fire I could get new. who is the fire stopper <laughs> <laughs> no yes <laughs> right not, not but, but, but I actually had I had like I had a prodigy.net email <laughs> right. and um, I remember I was at Thanksgiving what year what year was it we played against Tech and Robert Edwards? Was it Robert Nine. Terrence was the quarterback? Was that 95? Okay. So I remember being at my, my first in-law's house. Um, the game was not on TV in Maryland. And I remember following the game, you know, viciously updating Prodigy at her parents' house over there, um, 14.4, because they lived in town. Yes. Bod, uh, yeah. uh, modem. You right. No, no 28.8? Right. No, uh, Remember they had twenty eight, whatever the fast one was, yeah. um, and I remember like like every five minutes going in there to, to upload and like having to say, "Is anybody on the phone?" and like, "Get off the phone! I'm trying to I'm trying to check the game here." <laughs> right, um, like doing that on Project, but the idea that um, they're on the the um, the Macintosh, <laughs> the Macintosh, you know, we could mm-hmm. literally I could email anyone in the world as long as you know you had an email address. Yeah. Yep. That was just... We used to sit... The concept blew my mind. I remember after I graduated from college, I would go to the web cafes because I didn't have a mm-hmm. lot of my house. 
web cafe and you would I would get on the internet like once every five or six days yeah. and so my emails were always like 2,000 words as if yeah. I was at war and sending yes. letters home from the front <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I do miss those days dear now, ma yeah exactly it's like, like Captain Andrew Luck's uh, yeah, Twitter exactly. account like cause I, I, it's funny because I feel really bad my first ever email address outside of like my Illinois.edu address was uh, filmcritic at hotmail.com. Yeah. And it is my, to much to my infinite frustration that I just didn't use it for like three years uh, and they got rid of it. So now every email, I would give anything to see the emails I was sending in like 1997 from Los Angeles to my friends back in Illinois. Uh, but, yeah. that, but that's why I have, I mean, I have, I have like hotmail address since my name. And oh, yeah. it's, it's like, People are like, wow, you could get Gmail. And the funny thing is, I could have had my name at Gmail, but like, what do I need another email address for? Oh, I feel the same way. Like, remember, I still use Yahoo. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I got Yahoo in January of 2000. Yeah. And I literally have every email I've sent since. Yeah, I had my, I had my first email. It was, uh, yeah. it was like 97 yeah. on Hotmail. Well, we might have to break this up into two episodes. Yeah. You know, so, just by to, the way, you, you had a great idea. You talked about doing some evergreen content. I have uh, talked with a couple of people about the possibility of doing um, some contests with them. Seth Wilson, who came to mm-hmm. our, uh, our meet and greet, um, he is actually going to appear on Jeopardy's tournament of, tournament of Champions of Champions, whatever they're calling it. Uh, and, and he and I have talked about him being on it after it airs. Uh, that'll be later in the spring. I've uh, talked to Amanda Mole, who's a Georgia grad that lives mm-hmm. in New York, a uh, staff writer now for the Atlantic a Magazine. terrific writer. Fantastic writer. She does. I read her article about biscuits. Yep. So she does, she does, um, she does like health and body issue stuff for the Atlantic, and she does a really, really good job there. Um, I've, I've some changed some messages with her. I'm hoping to have her. I've reached out to Bill Conley. Um, I hope to talk with him a little more about some of the stuff he wants to get done, like some evergreen stuff. So i uh, hoping to hoping to put some stuff in the can that we could talk about later in the spring. And, I, hey, I'd be completely down for doing a barbecue podcast, um, an Athens barbecue podcast. Your house? or Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Come to my house. Fine. All right. Right, otherwise, well, I figure we're like we'll be probably. I don't know if there's anything particularly immediately urgent to talk about in the next couple of weeks, but uh, uh, we'll we'll figure out time to uh, and just send this stuff in. We'll Sometime in February. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do one before I go to the, before my stupid show starts again. Yeah. Okay. Are you in the Super Bowl? Uh, I will be on. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. There was a lot of fun. Oh, guys. Let's, let's make a Super Bowl prediction. Um, the NFC wins. I'm taking uh, Rams over Chiefs. I'm going to say Rams over Patriots because I can't bear the thought of having the Saints play in uh, Atlanta. Rams over Chiefs. Yeah, I mean the idea that that uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta Super Bowl could be Gurley versus Sony. Yeah, would be awesome. Uh, it's kind of fun. Also, the idea could be the Saints versus the Patriots makes me sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the Saints. I, I as a Saint, you're not a Falcon fan. I, I, I don't like the Rams, but I, I, I mean I don't hate the Saints in the way a lot of Atlanta fans do, but I just I understand people do. Yeah. Well, he is a nice guy, but he plays for the Saints. He went to Purdue. You can't trust him. His last game ever was against Georgia, yeah, and they lost in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, they did. Same with Kirk Herbstreit. All right, everyone. Uh, good show. We'll talk uh, next time. So, hey, you know, go dogs. Go dogs. That was a long one. That was a long one. You said, I knew you were in trouble when you said it was a short one. That's why he said 
And thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode sometime mid-February. And hopefully, as we enter into spring, there will be some excellent interviews with some of the very people you follow on Twitter who also love the dogs but happen to have jobs or occupations where they do other things most of the time. If you have any questions or comments, hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast and leave us our first podcast review of 2019. We'll read it on a future episode. Only three months from G-Day. It'll be here before you know it. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on campus very soon. And as always, go dogs.